Hi everybody, welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast, episode 94. I'm your host, back in the basement, across the table from my teenage son and co-host, Jack. Say hello. Hi. <laughs> so, it is a day before Mother's Day. It is. And we just finished, got some Mother's Day shopping done, right? Yeah. If your mom listens to this, she's going to get spoiled on her gifts, but I think we're safe. She'll also know that we've forgotten to last minute. That Well, we didn't forget, I remembered, and then forgot again. And then remembered. And then remembered and probably forgot again and then finally went. But yeah, so we hit the local mall and you got some Lego as for yourself. As it can get. Got your mom some gifts and some yeah. flowers. So I think we're set for tomorrow. And we're heading off to a friend's place tomorrow to check out their new place. I went a couple weeks ago. Now I'm taking all of you with me. So that should be fun. Weather looks like it's going to be good. Like feel 14 degrees and sunny right. Celsius, which mm-hmm. for... What we've been getting lately is no rain is nice at this point, right? No rain is nice. And yeah. you, oh yeah, do you want to go on a rant about anything that you did yesterday? No, nothing comes to mind. <laughs> I felt bad for you because you, uh, Jack had let me so, know yeah, a went... bunch of his friends were going to come over after school to, sometimes they'll come over, eat some pizza, hang out for a bit, and then go to the local movie theater to see whatever usually Marvel mcu movie is out um so go ahead we did that and you went to the movies and i came home from your brother's basketball practice and you were angry boy go ahead yeah, and so explain we saw dr strange too um multiverse of madness and so the acronym is mom so we like to call it dr strange and the mom because that sounds funny. and also because you want to insult it now as well so right yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, and, you know, we went to see it, and it was just, like, an absolute abomination of stuff. There's your review. Abomination. Uh, I'm gonna talk about it, so if anyone hasn't seen it, then probably might want to skip ahead a few minutes. Are you gonna spoil some things, are you, in your it's rant? It's just easier. Um, yeah, it it was really bad. They made Wanda, one of my least favorite characters, worse, and I didn't think that was possible. I hate her more now, and I didn't think that was possible. Yep, you're not a fan, they, for sure. They wasted all the cameos. Like, um, John Krasinski was in it, but they just wasted him. They yep. wasted uh, Stewart. Um, they wasted Haley Atwell. Um, and the um Mar- Maria Rambo, Captain Marvel, and Black Bolt. And I still don't like Black Bolt was someone I didn't really know, and he was one of the cameos as part of the Illuminati group. Yeah, and I still don't know who he is because he was just. They were all like killed off by Wanda. Like, they probably got each like five minutes or something. Oh, like, really? It was it was weak. And like the the runtime was like two hours, yes. and like the pacing is just really bad. I don't think some of the plots were like it was a lot of magic and sorcery stuff, which I don't have like an issue with like with Doctor Strange, but I just think it didn't work here. And like there's this battle at the towards the beginning that felt like um one of those traditional third act battles, uh-huh. but like at the beginning, right? It was really weird and just the pacing and like so much of it was just stupid. Like some of it they tried to do horror and it was just like we I... laugh way more than we were supposed to. Some right. of it was just too corny. Like um. Like Sam Raimi, because Sam Raimi did these and you he did. did the Spider-Man movies and like those yes. are corny, but they could get away with it then. I think now it's, I don't think they can and it was just, it wasn't good in like the, the multiverse, yeah, which was, it's supposed to be the whole thing. They didn't, it didn't really feel like much and the, they kind of wasted the Doctor Strange variant choices. Like there's Defender Strange with like a weird ponytail and like then there's a zombie Strange and like one other Doctor Strange. It was just not good and the, his all of interest kind of sucked too and like just the whole thing sucked. Yeah, when I texted Bark, my friend Bark, to say that you had seen it and hated it, he said his reply was something along, along, along the lines of Sam Raimi can do no wrong. So he's like... He just did a wrong. He thinks um, it's you not... <laughs> he's interested to see the movie. He says he probably won't see it anytime soon, but... 
he, he's wondering if he'll I like it. I would have thought that because, yeah, Raimi did like some of the best superhero movies oh, of all so time. Oh, so you're a fan but... and you're saying this is a big miss. Yeah. Okay, interesting. My one friend said like Sam Raimi was his favorite director until this movie. Oh, wow. Like, because, yeah, Raimi's work was incredible and this was incredibly awful. <laughs> so there you go. This is... I... I've been preparing for this needlessly for you months. Have. I watched all the X-Men movies for no reason. I watched the Fantastic Four movies for no reason. I watched Incredible Hulk for no reason. I watched WandaVision for no reason. And I, I would mean, love to say that you've learned your lesson, but you'll do the same thing again next time. I would do this again, too. You yeah. will. I know. Um, And I'll probably, like, I'm going to watch all the Star Wars stuff for Mandalorian. That's different because it's not going to suck. But uh, Chances but are it's going to be good, yes. Don't jinx I'm it. I'm going to... I'm gonna watch everything, and yeah, this was total waste. I mean, and now I don't even know what to watch because I'm I'm free. So you, I noticed you came home and watched a movie you liked just yeah, to I cleanse watched, your like, palate. A chunk of Guardians. So your mom was like, "He's cleansing his palate from the movie, watching something he likes." Yeah, <laughs> it was. So I laugh, but it's too bad you spent your money. Well, my money, I guess, last night, my money. Yeah. And wasted it, but that's okay. It's all an experience and a story. So you got a bonus uh, turbo review of Doctor Strange as well on this episode. So that's pretty good. Don't watch it unless you need to watch it. There's and then don't watch it again. <laughs> so don't watch it. That's the. Uh, uh... No, here's my advice: go see Sonic Two. There you go. I uh, want to see that though. So I don't really. I think that was a good banter. Your little rant about Doctor Strange. Do you want to get into talking about some wrestling? I just want to talk about not Doctor Strange. All right. So, so, yes. <laughs> so let's move into looking at some of the week's wrestling news and rumors. <laughs> So ratings this week are a little bit more interesting than some weeks because some things changed. Um, so spring break-in, I feel stupid even saying that, frankly. Because, hey, why can't they just call it spring break? I guess it's like because you can't trademark can't, that. That is, they you spring just break-in. It's just like answered your own question, bud. Yeah, and it's just like at least they didn't do a two Ks. They totally could have done that. That's again. very good. Point. They totally could not. Actually, like I think I would have respected it more if there were two Ks. Because then it would be like for, break, for Breaker in the main event. Yeah, it'd be like um when Rollins Universal Champion they did a stomping ground. Like it'd still be stupid, but it'd be at least a little bit. It like, wouldn't clever. like. It would. They missed it would, the, missed a trick there. It would be as close as it gets to making sense. Right. Uh, so it drew six hundred sixty-one thousand viewers, which is up fourteen and a half percent about, and earned a point one three in the key demographic, which is down seven point one four percent. So that's what I found interesting. Right, more people are watching than usual, but I think the message is here: they're old people, right? Which is also interesting. Because NXT continues to target younger audiences, but clearly and stuff like that toxic attraction segment. They do a terrible job of it. If old people are watching that, then I'm. I guess they are. That's disturbing. Well, old old men are in charge of the show, right? So I think it's right. funny that they are trying to appeal to the youth. It's they're not just appealing working. to themselves. Correct. So More or less. Their own demographic watches it, and the demographic they're targeting doesn't. So that right. was cool. Um, then the live edition of Dynamite this week. Drew 833,000 viewers, which is not a very good number, down nine, over 9.5%, earned a 0.32 in the key demo, down um, much less, just 3%. And it's the lowest audience uh, for the show in its normal time slot since May of 2021. But to be fair, they were up against NBA playoffs yet again this week, so not great numbers for them, and kind of numbers all over the place for NXT this week. What you got for us? Not a lot, but um, Candice LeRae uh, is left out oh, of the right. I assume her contract expired. No, 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 non-complete. Um, and you were you were theorizing that this why Gargano has been up to nothing. Maybe that's what I was thinking. I, Maybe he was waiting until they sense. can do something together, right, and make right. that announcement together, sign sure. somewhere together. 
whether it's back with WWE or not, it doesn't sound like it will be. Yeah, because I think then Gargano would and Gargano would have gone back. Then. Right. And she could have re-signed instead of the news would be she's re-signed, not her contract. Right. Uh, unless like there's a lag in between. But I don't know. Maybe she's taking time off for the kid or something. It's possible. I want Gargano to go but to we'll AEW still. Oh, maybe he... I was thinking he's the Joker in the tournament because that just seems Interesting. Right. That would be awesome, actually. I, I think it's... I hope you're right. I think it's him. I don't see who else it would be in. That would be just awesome. just kind of lines up now. And then they, you bring in Loray at some point. Now you're setting me up to be disappointed. Oh, wait. There's a women's tournament too. There's probably a Joker in there. She so, can come. Boom. Be- she can come because her contract finished. She didn't get exactly. released. So, so she and can be right I away. assume both tournaments will have a Joker. So then that's a spot for both of them. That makes a lot of sense. I think that's what's going to happen. I'll be disappointed if you're wrong now. I will also be disappointed if I'm wrong. Way to go. Thanks. Um, do you know who Freddie Prinze is? Yep. Fred from Scooby-Doo. Also, yes. probably a guest GM of Raw in, from, Correct. in 2009 or something. Yes, so actor... He's a writer, which I just find that really weird. He is. Cause like, or he was. Yep. Um, I just find that really weird because I, I don't see that happening. And he loves did. wrestling, so he plans on starting a new wrestling company within the next 18 months. So That's just so weird to me. Some things that he claims will happen is they're hoping for a two-hour show, realistic storylines, and interesting to me is a unionized roster. So that means they're not independent contractors and they would get health insurance, medical benefits sort of thing, and retirement plan. Um, So they would be part of the Screen Actors Guild, which is like the actors union sort of thing. And maybe stuntmen too, I imagine, might be in that guild as well. That makes sense. Because wrestlers are kind of a combination of those two things, right? Um, Already claiming to have a lot of interest from independent wrestlers, which I believe because if you're going to unionize and give these wrestlers benefits that is a huge that's like getting paid more money right basically because you have you can now do things and not have to pay for them so that's a big deal right um he as you said he is interested in being a writer but he i read the little interview and he does not want to book the show he thinks that he's terrible as a booker but he could write stories if they have ideas for him sort of thing so i don't know i'm interested to see any sort of new wrestling program start up right so in the next... I'm wondering if that'll be like indie or like it doesn't sound like he wants it to be indie, but like no, it doesn't. But I don't know how big it could be. It depends how like on the investment and who's got money in it, right, and how much they have to spend, sort of thing. So, but yeah, it's uh, something on the horizon to look forward to, I guess, and check mm-hmm. out. Anything else? Um, my only other one is that AEW in New Japan's Forbidden Door peer review. The tickets sold out in 40 minutes. Wow! If it were in Toronto, I would go for so, sure. For talk sure. Talk about popular so That's i guess it'll, it'll do well yeah yeah uh no surprise wwe is reportedly very impressed with big Cass as he made his aew Large debut this week um according to andrew zarian on the latest matt men pro wrestling podcast number of people were in cro- inquiring about morrissey's contract status and apparently he his contract expired at the end of last year and he's been working on sort of like a handshake deal with impact wrestling since then so i'm sure Somebody that matters in WWE saw the sheer size of this man at this point, right? He's and we're in like, much better shape right. than he, when he last showed up. And I don't think he's an amazing worker, but can he work WWE main roster stuff? A hundred percent, right? Yeah, like, I no think problem. it'd be cool for him if he went back. He, he's like, probably in, doing better and like... Infinitely better than Omos and um, Commander Aziz, right? Yes, Who are exactly. The... If they're using them, they could definitely use Cass. Absolutely. So I, I think that'd be good for him because... Yeah, uh, it would. He, needs he something. deserves another shot if yeah. he's turned his life around. Yeah, exactly. Thing, right? um, we were saying it seems he's moved from abusing one substance to another that <laughs> seems to have enhanced his physique possibly, yep. but allegedly, because we don't know anything, but he is looking massive right now. Um, next one I had is that WWE is reported 
What a surprise. I hate reporting these things. Quarter 1, 2022 financial results. And surprise, surprise, it is a record of $333.4 million in revenue, which is an increase of 27%. So this, I think, for people like you and I, is it's terrible news because we can't stand the WWE product pretty much top to bottom right now. And with these types of profits, there's no reason they're going to change anything, right, that they're doing right now. I, w- I think show quality is low. I don't watch it, but I do still listen and read a lot. Like opinions I trust are that right. week to week, this show is a chore, right? And especially when you add that it's three hours, ratings aren't very good, but none of it matters, right? They're making more money than ever. So there will be no, no reason to no, change anything. No real reason to change So that is that, sad yeah. news. Um, moving on, we've got Brian Kendrick again apologizing for those tweets years ago where he was basically voicing support for like anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. Um, part of the quote he had here is, I'm sorry for being so cold-hearted, trying to profit off tragedy. I suppose it's what it was. I was trying to gain off of others' tragedies by making conspiracy to create a buzz for myself. Right, so I think he's, to, uh, sorry, he says, to gain some sort of bookings. It was a terrible idea, and even if it hadn't affected anybody, it's still just horribly embarrassing. I'm sorry for anybody, to people I hurt for making light of stuff that happened to them or your family. I hope you accept that. And then to further sort of make things right, he has um, been working with the Survivor Mitzvah product, Project, sorry, which is a charity supporting Holocaust survivors. So um, seems to be a little bit more than words. He's at least doing some actions as well. And who knows, it could be sincere. It could be because he knows he needs to and still wants to get back into wrestling, right? But at least this is an apology admitting like he was just trying to get heat for himself sort of thing and was stupid. Um, So if that is the case, could be, I don't know. But at least he's also doing more than just saying words, right? He is sort of stepping up and doing something, it seems. So that's good. Um, And finally, I think I mentioned it to you, but apparently there is an AEW reality series coming soon. That's weird. I don't know what that means. So according to Meltzer, I can tell you, um, a new show that would likely come after Dynamite later this year and it would be obviously reality based and look at like backstage inner workings of the promotion. So they'll take okay, like that's good. Cause when I think reality show, I think not reality show. Right. Well, I'm sure they'll still sort of. I mean, people will behave the way they behave when they know cameras are on and everything's being documented. But I think the idea is you just have footage from backstage and you sort of put it together in a that'll make documentary good style stuff like back Could catalog be. when um they launch a service as long as they as long as they don't expect me to watch that to get what's going on on dynamite right same as i feel about the internet shows i don't want to have to watch something else i want dynamite to be like a contained thing and then maybe they can tell me what happened on rampage or whatever but anyways Mm -hmm. um and it could they're saying it could be a good sign because discovery is sort of prepared to use more wrestling related content right which is a good thing because sometimes it's not the most popular thing to put on TV, but if they're asking for more content, that's probably a good sign. Mm. All right, that's it for news. You're tapped out. Is eh? it? Yeah, I did not have a lot. It was a slow week. And I liked this week. I thought I had some good stuff in there, but I mm. stole it all first, to be fair. You did. <laughs> I was at it early. But anyways, let's then talk about a show in depth, and that would be Wednesday night's edition of AEW Dynamite. Um, so we start with Jeff Hardy versus Bobby Fish. After seeing Adam Cole come out? Yeah, he also came out. He's came out to do commentary, I believe. Right, Which, again, I miss so much commentary. It's crazy when I'm taking, well, and you're taking notes more than I am. 
So mm. I miss a lot of what he said. I couldn't even tell you honestly if like he did a good job or added anything because I don't remember anything standing out to you. Right. Probably no. not because you're busy taking notes because you take notes on the hardest show to take notes on for sure because right. there's way more packed into this two hours right than mm -hmm. i think pretty much anything else yeah. but anyways go ahead talk about that match and jeff harry's wearing like a weird pink shirt so that just looked kind of unnatural they're, and you were annoyed by the half the face paint too weren't you i i mean it was cool but it's weird that he thinks i want to see half of his face <laughs> he's doing the thunder rosa right yes maybe uh, it was the other half i didn't even think about it the other half of Thunder Rosa's right. face paint. <laughs> right, yeah. They just have a budget for one face, so they and they have to the split it up. And Darby Allen also has half, or like sometimes he does, and then sometimes he has body paint. I don't know what his budget is. So his budget is for a full face, but sometimes he gives some of that budget for the body and the face, half the face. Right, but what if it's just half face You paint? get so much skin area, and then you decide how you divvy it up. Distribute it. I think right. so. Yeah, yes. that makes sense. Or sometimes, sometimes he has like a budget for half of the face, and right. then one time he did like he just covered the bottom half of his face instead. Tony Khan and his deep pockets won't go all in for face paint. No, no, he he won't even go all out. No. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Um, just a few notables. Uh, Fish took control by hitting a dragon scourge, send Hardy into the barricade. Um, mediocre comeback flurry from Hardy. Um, <laughs> I like the I like the qualifier. Mediocre. <laughs> may or may not have been slow. Uh, twist of Fate Center by Hardy. Avalanche Falcon Arrow by Fish for near fall and off the kick. He transitioned into, an, into a heel hook until a rope break. Yeah, so that was cool. cool. That was about the highlight, probably. Mm -hmm. And then Hardy wins with a Swanton. Shocker. Yeah. Uh, the Bucks come out. There's a bit of a stare down. Uh, the Bucks check on Fish afterwards. Um, I'll, I'm just going to go. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. This You're... was fine. It would not what I, it's not what I would want to open the show. And I'll even say Agreed. there's a match later that should have opened the show. Oh, 100%. Um, Jeff Hardy is not AEW Dynamite opener worthy in any year close to 2022. Um, I'd say two decades ago, sure, but not 2022. Um, there were times in this match where he just looked super tired, like he yes. needed 50 rest holds or something, Yes. Um, which led to some parts of him on offense being way too slow. Found the general pacing of the match to be not great. Um, Fish did the best he could here. He looked good <laughs> in parts, but on the whole, did not love this. I will disagree with so many people with my following statement. I have zero interest in Young Bucks versus Hardys. If it's Prime Hardys, then of course. But as Jeff proved here, they are far from, far from it. So you are my son for yeah. sure, because I my opinion does not. And it's funny because while we were watching this, we watch pretty much everything together, right? And you, we at the exact same time, basically, you turned to me and were like, "Does he? He looks so tired." And I had just written down, right? It was slow and Hardy looked exhausted a few <laughs> minutes in, right? Yes. So same thing. I I could not get into this match. Um. I think this is your evidence that Jeff Hardy needs to stick to tag team matches, right? This was not um, dynamite opener worthy, as you that, said. Because like, I don't know right. how much better Matt is. And some of Fish's offense looked crisp, but Hardy just isn't interesting to watch for me at this point, especially when it appears he's not in great shape at the moment. I'll give the crowd credit. They tried really hard to make this feel important, right? And they were into it, but I wasn't impressed by this. Hardy's basically like... He's doing just lesser versions of things that he's been doing oh, for 25 years. Like, it's right? like the greatest hits not are as deteriorating. Good. Right. Um, and I don't like that Fish had to lose here um, clean. I, I don't like that. I have to see Jeff Hardy in another singles like match. That too, right? Um, but I guess it was to be expected from just the positioning of these two people. But And again, it looks like they're dropping that first breadcrumb for the Bucks Hardys, as you said. But at, like you, I think it's about 10 years too late for me. 
Like mm-hmm. I don't, at I didn't, the, at the very least, I didn't get any excitement out of that possibility, right? I so. just kind of got disgusted. Yeah, I wasn't impressed by yeah. this opener. And I mean, the only saving grace is that I guess Jeff Hardy kind of has to lose in the tournament. Does he? Yeah, he's why? not winning. I hope not, but why would you put that into the universe that he has to lose? He does. He, he, why? he better lose to Darby Allen. I think you're right, but if he doesn't lose to Darby Allen, I'm gonna be extremely mad. He's definitely not ready for a singles run, so I think you're right. He can't win this. He's too old. Well, I don't even care if he's old. If he's in shape and can go, great. But when you're doing the same, it looks like it's Jeff Hardy doing what he always did, but in mud. You know what I mean? It's not what I want to see, really. Right. But anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a William Regal promo. I didn't catch all of it, but he's, uh, one of the things I got was he says, if you're a pro wrestler, the scars tell a story. They separate them from the people who won't get in the ring. Um, there was a bunch more I didn't catch, but it, it was pretty good. I liked it. Um, I like I liked the lines he had, and like it, it like would basically describe their gimmick, I feel like. Well, and it was images, because I think, I don't know if you saw much, because sometimes you're typing and looking at the keyboard, but... It was over top of like images of the group inflicting pain on Yuta while training him. Right, yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, cutting between Regal's face and then. No, I remember now. Um, and I thought Regal sounded great as always. And I did like the sort of like they're training this guy by inflicting pain on him to show him how to do it to other people, which I think is a cool thing for this group. And as just long as the, he starts doing it more. The overall tone of this. Uh, vignette was kind of cool i thought mm-hmm. yeah I, I, I really liked it me too um speaking of next week at blackpool combat club taking on butcher and blade and angelico is yeah. still alive and we are big angelico fans Longer on this hair. show if you're new he didn't get his entrance he, he did not did not get his theme and, and we just sad. watched uh, a lucha underground where he had a match as well he did um don't tell me who he faced because i'm gonna remember was it ah uh, it wasn't cage was, was it, it penta no I forget now, too. I know uh, Penta... No, Penta faced a jobber. Because he broke the first arm. Yeah. He's just starting Pentagon Dark in Lucha. Oh, and Hulko... Oh, oh, um, Son of Havoc. Oh, right, that's yeah, right. That's it was one. Son of Havoc with Ivelisse. Mm-hmm. And Ivelisse has had about enough of Son of Havoc losing. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> uh, Butcher attacks Mox, and everyone brawls on the outside before the match starts. So they learn from the other matches right that they're gonna get jumped immediately so they took it to them i guess, I guess which you, is a nice touch i guess you don't want butcher jumping on you no so that kind of made sense mm-hmm. uh bleed trips yuda and uh butcher hits a running cross body uh yuda to german suplex to butcher i thought that was kind of interesting because it's butcher and it's yuda like yuda's skinny yes butchers not skinny butcher. skinnier than he used to be for sure yeah but he's like a big muscle he dude a, he's a hoss um, uh, and that's before tagging it to Mox with a hot tag flurry. Mox had a cutter to Blade, which I think is kind of funny because yeah, Blade, Blade's cut cutter. things. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. And then he bites Butcher, attempting to interfere. Then the finish comes with the stereo rapid strikes again from Blackpool Combat Club, and Danielson taps out Angelico with the triangle, as he tends to do. He does tend to do. I thought this was a fun trios match, and uh. I mean, selfishly, I like Angelico, so I was happy to see him back in action because Jack Evans' contract is done, right? I was going to say released, but AEW doesn't seem to do that. They just let their contracts run out, which is nice. Um, selfishly, I would kind of love to see Angelico Danielson in a singles match after getting a little bit of taste of them together because Angelico's like super submission guy too, so I think he and Danielson could have like a cool counter technical match. Um, and lots of use of the word trios in this match, right? Um, and I think we didn't put it in the news and rumors this week, but apparently the trios belts already exist, right? They have been made and they are 
rapidly approaching. So I think um, you have a lot of good teams to take it. Like I, yeah. I would like any of like Undisputed Elite, Black Hole Combat Club, House of Black, Death Triangle, Tons. not Gun Club, anyone else but Gun Club. And I mean, you don't love it, but if he doesn't turn in time, you would have um, Jurassic uh, Express and Christian. Like there's all kinds. That's right? not terrible. Yeah, but I don't. And you could go any well. three of Dark Order. Like there's right. I would million. like um yeah Grace Nuno and silver sorry to leave Reynolds out, but yeah um and like I, I think they did want to wait for omega but yes that's the rumor i don't think they should unless omega is close to come i don't know what his what, timeline is if to be they want to do an omega thing then you do you have the undisputed elite win it and by undisputed elite, i mean undisputed era and then you you further the storyline of the infighting right because no, i would like undisputed that. Era have that and then when Omega comes back, then you have the feud. You could do face elite again like they were before the mm-hmm. whole Omega. Although I don't reign. like the Bucks as baby faces. I don't love it, but I think the time has come to kind of go back. Yeah. And then, then you, or like, I don't know, just at least for the feud, right? Then you have them feud on a speed era. Then maybe they're the second champs. And then mm-hmm. like that's as close as you can get to having Omega as a first champion. If, you, if they wanted the elite to have the belts, right? Or yeah. maybe they just wanted them in the division, but... Think then you could further that feud and kind of have the payoff with the trio's titles. Yeah, in a company that's faction heavy, right? There's tons of combinations that'll work. Uh, if TH2 still existed, even in a- AFO, then I'd say Andrade and TH2. And even three like of Jazz, right? You could all kinds no. of comb. I know I don't no. want it either, but yeah, uh, the trio's divisions coming. I look forward to it. Yeah, for sure. Um, next or wait. Um, I like this. Uh, <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. Uh, it was another solid enhancement. I thought it was pretty fun. It was. I really enjoyed seeing Angelico. Uh, for yeah, a bit. Yeah. Um, I missed TH2 though. Um, so you didn't get his theme. His funny little dance. No, you did not. Um, but he got a bit of time to shine, which was nice. Um, sold the crap at dance and stomps at the end. I noticed he, like, he took a beating there. Yep. Um, sucks he had to take the fall, but at least he made it to TV for once. Exactly. Um, I think uh, Black Hole Comic Club looked good. Yuta got some good stuff in, like the German Tealbacks to Butcher was cool because he did it to Butcher. Like, yeah. I think that's kind of interesting. And his ring gear was really cool again. I thought his tights looked really cool. Like, yeah, he looks good. His ring gear was nice again. Uh, next, we got a Team Taz interview. Stark says they ain't scared. Jungle Boy interrupts to make the most pointless, cha- pointless challenge of all time. And said he thought it over and says it sounds like fun, but then he thought about it more. And before they get tagged, how sure he wants a shot at the FTW title. Uh, Stark prestigious says he accept- FTW yeah. title. How yeah, dare so you? I forgot to say how that. How dare you? The incredibly prestigious FTW title. And Stark says he accepts the challenge and he's the FTW champ for the for a reason. And next week he was showing what a real man is all about. Um, I thought it was a solid promo from Starks. I think... Jungle Boy sounds solid here, which is good for him. He does. Like, consistently pretty good now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't really get why you'd want to shot the FTW title, but I but I guess the just justification could be like if Team Taz is gonna get the title shot when like they don't need to because exactly. they're not ranked number one. I agree. He might as well get anything out right. of it. And I think that's kind of where that title comes in, yes. whether it's really worth much or not. A, I feel like that's just Jungle Boy getting anything out of it. Exactly. Like, for his benefit. I agree. And B, I guess that kinda like that that'll kind of do damage to his ego i guess mm-hmm. starks i mean so that that i guess there's that and and writing wise it allows them to drag this out a little bit longer with something with some stakes to it right before you so get the maybe main this payoff. is the double nothing match like i feel like that's kind of lame for i do too could be like pre-show or something that I would guess. be sad. or buried somewhere in the middle i don't know yeah uh, i like the interaction too i actually think that this is elevating hobbs and starks a little bit for me like i feel like they're 
a little bit more important than I have in the past. So, and yeah, like you're saying, I think exactly what you said, the FTW title match makes sense as like, you're kind of jumping the line, right? So it should cost you a little something. And right, which I mean, it obviously is. it's not much, but it, it's it's something. Right, like, and it, I think the match will probably be pretty good. No, I think that, I think Stark's Jungle Boy is interesting yep. for sure. Me too. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of related, then Keith Lee and Swerve getting interviewed. They bas- Swerve basically says they have unfinished business. And Lee says they use Taz to win. They will swerve in their glory, which I think just, just that doesn't work. Forced, man. Yeah. Total that, yeah. Forced. Felt really forced. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm ready for whatever Keith Lee and Swerve are doing to get moving, right? At this I'm point. I'm hoping, like. I thought they were good enough here, but, like, okay, it's the same thing all the time. It feels very repetitive, and let's get them doing something. You go, like. Starks, Jungle Boy next week, then you go like Rampage, tag title match. You have Lee and Taz or Lee and Swerve get involved somehow. And then you then you jet the number one contenders to a title program. Then you like have some sort of cool stipulation for these two versus Team Taz at the pay per view. Then you got two matches right. for double or nothing. That makes and sense. Because I, I don't think like as it is elevating Team Taz, I don't think they are pay per view title challengers Probably at the not. moment no um but i'd think like if you at, slap some cool stipulation on a tag match which they are good at mm-hmm. um you could put that on double or nothing and then you have something else for the title match because i think it should be something else yeah i would agree that makes sense um, to me um i thought it was fine not much here it really makes it seem like team Taz is going to win the titles though right like oh yeah if you're setting up the I, this y- yeah you're right and i mean i like i said i like jurassic express but the run hasn't been yeah, I don't I think they've elevated the titles any at all. Team could take. Oh, what if Team Taz wins the titles and then that's the title matches them versus Lee and Swerve? Yeah, that seems less likely. I don't know. I like my first idea better. <laughs> Me too. Um, next we go Wardlow versus MJF's choice. And of course, and Wardlow's in handcuffs, being led by security and all that. Also, still. the plain single again. I mean, you can see the the yeah. kind of shiny or graphics, but it's in all black. So, right. So furthers my theory like he's a young boy again you, exactly. d- you don't wear anything other than black tights mm-hmm. yep um mj cuts a promo reveals the opponent to be w morrissey fk large cassidy which they pretty much revealed last week but again it's nice to have a company that doesn't like tell you something's gonna happen and then just not do it right, right? so um yeah so really cool to see him i kind of like this theme actually it is the one from impact yeah um, it i is. thought it was pretty good i thought it was pretty funny um, you noticed it too. There, there's the "We want Enzo, no, we don't" chant, yes. and then Morrissey mocked the dance that Enzo used yeah. to do all the time, and then did like the "screw him" kind of yeah. hand gesture. But I thought or whatever. that was funny. Yeah, it was funny. Um, there was a black hole slam for two by Morrissey, as big men usually do. They mm-hmm. call it Bossman Slam, but I don't like that name very much. I like Black Hole better. And Bossman's um, wasn't really quite as spinny and aggressive either. Right. Bossman's was more just like a side slam, to right. be honest. Um. Then there's a top rope moonsault by Wardlow to a standing Morrissey. Surprise. So, Wardlow, like, like, like we predicted last week, he's gonna keep going more. And I like that story, like, yeah. right? Like, as you bring bigger, more powerful people, he relies less on his power and showcases speed and other stuff. I so think I think Morrissey's gonna try to match that. It's really cool. I don't know if there's anyone bigger than Morrissey they can bring, or it's time. But yeah, I like that idea of Satnam I... Singh. He's gonna pay off Satnam Singh. <laughs> Maybe if I can't outpower people, I'll showcase other stuff, and I think that's really working mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he finishes it with a power bomb, only one this time, so not a symphony, more of a, just a single note. You're right, and um, that's changing too, right? He can't necessarily hit a million against people who are good. You just got to pin them when you can pin them. You can't just say oh, I could 
powerbomb this guy infinitely. I right? mean, I think he should powerbomb him one more time. Maybe one more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the Morla beats up security in the ring. Uh, a, a million of them. Yeah, and then he just sends like a million more, and <laughs> yeah. Morla's just murdering all of them. Yeah. It's just kind of funny. Um, Wardlow says he won't stop until he gets his hands on MJF and he is released from his contract. Um, if it was WWE, they just release him. He's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't have to finish your contract, just get yeah. released. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Wardlow sells a little bit more each week, right? As MJF ups mm-hmm. the competition, yeah. makes sense. Um, to MJF me. tells the crowd to settle down and clarifies what Wardlow wants, asks how the, Wardlow feels if they had a match. If Wardlow wins, he'll release him. He asks the crowd if they want it, and actually does agree to that. But he has a couple of conditions, as he typically does. Of course. He says he'll give them the conditions in a contract signing, and it will happen in Long Island, their location for next week, and also his hometown. So a contract signing next week, I guess, with these two, as Correct. we approach them finally facing each other. So, yeah, I mean, this was, I thought it was a good big man bat- match, right? And like in all the stuff we said, Wardlow selling more, pulling out new types of offense um taking a little bit longer to beat people not hitting a million power bombs so i mean this whole story has been really logically booked and well executed by everybody i think so i mean this is what you can do when you commit to making a new star right like they've made darby allen they've i think they've made um yuda at this point is pretty hot yeah, for sure they're making wardlow now so this is something wwe is incapable or unwilling to do which is take Both. young people and make them a star and AEW is doing that and that it just keeps creating fresh matchups and stuff right you watch main roster and you just feel like you've seen it I'd everything. argue they also made Hangman like he yeah. wasn't like a big guy before this. they elevated him for sure he yeah. was already a star and they made yeah. him a superstar so yeah this is something this company does and that WWE does not so I thought this was totally fine and I think it's interesting because they're they, they're making MJF too and he's kind of yep. they're using all they're also using him to make Wardlow which I think is interesting and also kind of like a credit to MJF because like he's still being made, but he's still able to be used to make someone else as well. Yeah, just like heels, I think are lining up wanting to face Darby Allen. I think if you're a babyface, your dream is to get put in a feud with MJF because the heat the guy generates is undeniable, exactly. right? He elevates right. everybody for sure. Yep. Um, and so yeah, the match was fine. It was what I would have expected from these two. Cast looked fine for what he got. Um, where the bus had some cool stuff against him, athleticism with the moonsault, like. Again, surprising, yeah. but it was cool. Enzo Chance in the reference was funny. Um, we'll be in World Lovers MJF uh, soon. I assume MJF's conditions will be similar to what he's done before. I like it that his thing is kind of like he puts all these conditions in the way to try to stop the match mm-hmm. that he gave yes. them. Um, like the labors of Jericho or like... I remember Cody did that because that, that was actually World's first match was That's right. against Cody in the cage. And yep. That and that was like one of the, his conditions, and I think Mox might have had one a, or a bit too. He'll have something up his sleeve. So I think that's interesting. Um, I'm not sure what he'll do, but I'm I'm looking at something interesting. Um, cool that Kaz got to, or Cass, or Morrissey, um, <laughs> that he got to go on even once. Like I think that's pretty cool. Um, definitely an upgrade from Impact's setting. Yes, for sure. And the crowd for the beatdown of the security was like on fire oh, for him hot. killing dozens and dozens of. Security guards. Or indie guys. So Wardlow, uh, people are very into Wordlow right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Next we get uh, yet another Tony Storm, Ruby Soho, Jane Hater, Britt Baker segment for stupid reasons. I feel like I, poor Britt Baker is my instinct on this a little bit, right? Yep. Um, The tag match will open Rampage, which started early yesterday. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. 5.30 tip-off mm-hmm. time. Uh, Baker, Mock, Soho, and Storm wearing the same tops and says you can call her a history maker after first 
this is like the first women's opener right in AEW, or at least on rampage or in AEW. i don't know um <laughs> soho says they are counting down the mints until they can humble them there's more but it was stupid <laughs> yeah um uh, the highlight was Britt saying she forgot to wear, or they forgot to wear their matching leather crop tops. That made me <laughs> laugh. But, like, I find Ruby Soho is overacting. She's doing it, trying to do a bit too much. I don't know if that's, like, the WWE school of acting or not, but I don't really like it. You can it. take them and, like, out of WWE, but you can't take the WWE out of them. <laughs> exactly. And I asked you in the moment, like, doesn't it seem like Tony Storm is just disinterested in this? I wouldn't blame her, but also she's the reason I'm disinterested. Like so. she's just standing there and I don't like she's not really facial expressions are minimal, like she's just kinda there. Um Maybe I don't she's know. She's just really bad and I'm right. And I don't like Britt Baker, who is fantastic, is not able to save these repetitive segments at this point, no, this right? This sucks. Um yeah. yeah. It was fine. I've seen the rampage card, doesn't look interesting in the slightest. This is boring, it's repetitive. I don't like two of the people here so ruby riot has been sorry ruby soho has been not great i don't I like she i haven't potential. thought matches have even been good though no so like she's she a bit of like a miss couple like solid ones i think but solid like, at best yes she, she's not like maybe she's not as good as we thought that could be mm-hmm. uh next we got hangman page in her promo he's all right um like, cool I shirt mean, this I week mean, not covid oh I mean, that, yeah, yeah. Right. oh right yeah yeah so he's good now i forgot about that um, he says it would be really easy to say how much he loves and respects Punk and how he looked forward to the match. He says it would be really easy, but it's not going to happen. He says a double nothing, there will be no handshakes or like Bret Hart trivia, I guess, because Punk d- does has done that a couple times. Mm-hmm. Once in AW, once at SummerSlam 2012, I believe. Um, and he'll destroy CM Punk. He looks at a fan wearing a Punk shirt and goes hard into it. Says after what he does a double nothing, the fan will want their money back if the shirt isn't already burned. Yeah, that was just. A little bit of edge to Hangman this week. That came out of left field. Mm-hmm. Um, he says he will embarrass Punk. And he said Punk wanted to fight. He has the fight of his life. Um, I thought it was pretty good. I, it was certainly interesting. Um, started out normal, and the Hangman kind of dipped his toes in the heel pool ever he so did. slightly, um, which I found very interesting because I didn't think he would be the one to go there. Um, I guess it could be cut. Could be because like, and you kind of mentioned it. Everyone wants to cheer for Punk, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I think it's kind of odd because regardless, Punk is far more equipped to play a heel role and we know that he is um and it could very still lean that way but this is at least interesting from hangman i wouldn't mind that for this feud although i just don't know how you like as as long as it's kind of a slight thing that you could go back i guess but it was it was quite interesting and i mean punk's response may end up being really edgy and borderline right, heel punk as well goes harder into so, it like that could happen that's true yeah because i mean like like we said the fans are kind of in a tough spot because they're gonna it might be one of those both these guys type of situations too and I think they'll do a good build regardless. But yeah, it was nice to see. I, I like the intensity from Hangman and taking some shots. Uh, a little definitely seems like a departure from what he's been doing. And For it's sure. odd because they've built this really good, like, take on all comers baby face, right? And this was definitely a little bit of a different side to him. So that's fine. Add depth to him. I have no problem with that. Maybe give him a bit of an edge. And I think the promo did what it should have done here. Um, I don't mind him going on the offensive a little bit in his promo at all. So I liked it too. Yeah, I liked that. The him going after the one fan was like that was that was pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Um, next we get a short promo from Jay Lethal and Co. Um, Lethal's facing some Japanese guy on rampage. Uh, insert name here. Uh, Dutt says they're rolling up the red carpet for another international star, but not them. Lethal says their animosity with the guy isn't his fault. It's AEW's fault, and he will show him what a real international star is all about. Um, it was fine. I think Dutton Lethal spoke pretty well here. I just don't care too much. 
I don't know why Statnam Sting is still here. I like it a little better than you. I think they're, and I'm not generally a lethal. I guess I should stop saying that because I seem to like them every week now. But I think they're doing a really good job here. And they, I don't know, their anger is believable, right? That they're, it's a believable thing to say that they're tired of other people getting all of this spotlight when they are guys who have wrestled all over the world and won all these championships, right? It's just simple makes sense to me again like you i'm not sure about satnam singh being involved because i don't know what he's bringing to the table other than his sheer presence of being right. really big which just it feels too wwe and just it makes me uncomfortable that don't enjoy it but anyways um, we'll see where it goes mm-hmm. uh next we get chris jericho versus santana yay the wizard chris jericho. yeah where did that like i don't know this that felt in it, it doesn't seem to make sense but it I, doesn't we're gonna get a bunch the of it sports I think. entertainment even like I or is it just stupid is that a difference we're gonna get more of it i feel like there's no way this is a one-off so maybe it changes next time oh he should be the warlock next time so don't you think as we head into the beginning of this match that if they're again i'm always looking for ways for them to lean into the sports entertainment judas hits record scratch generic rock song replaces as wwe would do yeah you can do that and then i think that's going to embrace the sports entertainment angle and get you like massive heat from the crowd right right because it's like we're not going to pay for an actual song so we made you like even if it's like some generic if jericho allows them to make like a generic ripoff of judas that is just like much much worse oh that'd be funny and right so you you rob the crowd of doing that and they're going to be mad for your heels and you're doing the sports entertainment thing. That would be so funny. They right? should do that. I, I, oh, man. If they do that next week, they definitely... And one thing I, I noticed that was sports entertainment, did you see what Garcia was wearing on his head this week? The hat. The, the yeah. Triple H backwards leather hat from, like, whatever, probably early 2000s. Yeah. That made me laugh a little yeah. bit. But, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jericho hit a springboard dropkick knocks into off the apron and lands on the steel steps that had been moved to beside the ring. Yes. Which he moved himself. He did. He, he put it in, like moved it about a foot before climbing on the apron and then it wasn't as bad as i'm making it sound but like standing and waiting to take the drop kick and he kind of even looked to make sure he fell which i don't blame him i don't want to fall on steel steps either but it wasn't the best looking spot no. i didn't think um corner chops by jericho santana counters the bulldogs and jericho in the other corner as if he missed a bronco buster that's what it looked like right um santana gets i'd like to see jericho do a bronco buster that'd be funny no uh, I never. I'm fine if I never see that move again. And split his anus or what? What his, happened to X Pac? Yeah, he split. split his, yeah, he's yeah. He basically he split his anus. So that and the stink face, I'm fine with never seeing those moves again. Frankly, oh, you don't want to see a Bronco Buster no. or a stink is face. It, is there another move for a Bronco Buster or another name for a Bronco Buster? I feel like I don't is. think so. Not that I know of. What is Bronco? Come? Is that a term? So it's for... like you're riding a Bronco, like a ho- oh. a stallion, a horse, whatever. Okay. Um, Santana gets a rope break to get to the walls of Jericho. Uh, Santana gets the better of a chop exchange, and then he gets a roll through cutter for two. I was just thinking your fans missed me, like making the hand gesture, like oh. I'm, I'm riding a yeah. a bronco. <laughs> that doesn't really doesn't really track. No, it does not. Um, discus layer for a near fall by Santana should have been it. Um, but um, Ortiz takes out interfering Menard. I feel like that's just weird to say. Matt Menard and Jericho uses distraction hit Santana with a low blow to the balls. <laughs> and a juice effect for directly. the win. Directly to the balls. Yeah. Um, after the match, just a, they beat down powerful because, of course. So things I liked, Santana got a lot of offense. 
um, controlled probably most of the nine minutes of this, but I struggled to get into the match regardless. It felt longer than nine minutes to me because I went and looked on somebody else's notes and saw that it was only nine. Felt longer to me. Um, I guess it's probably Jericho's fault. I guess Santana looks strong in defeat, which is something, but I just, I just don't, still don't care about this, right? Um, and the post match beatdown was a post match beatdown that happens the all the time. Eddie Kingston segment helped last week, and then this just kind of without put us him, back, yeah. This kind of put us back to square one. Not even because right. he wasn't here, just because this didn't do anything. Right, and I think that Santana should be more vicious and whatever because he's facing Jericho, who he was so close with for so long and it was just kind of and a regular wrestling match at too right so i don't know I, I wasn't a huge fan of this this either to be honest mm-hmm. um it was fine Jer- standard jericho match i feel like which is not a compliment um <laughs> santana got some good bits in the uh, in but the finish wasn't great jericho got a win he didn't need would have been nice if santana got some spotlight for a change and i agree he should have been just like angry here right. he should have been like on fire here um i just want this feud to be done i want jazz and jericho gone this doesn't do anything for me no it's and it's and it's every week right it's taken up right. time that i exactly. would rather be yeah. somewhere else uh next we have super quick Samoa joe pony just asked if lethal's a brave man and says on rampage he's coming for lethal short intense promo it was solid yep usual intense here. joe he's gonna kill people that's yeah. about it gun club backstage they give a clean guest it's scissors it's something to scissors to symbolize their alliance and they do a scissor thing with their hands because that's what a claim do right they do like the double fingers down but no guess... but they do they've done a scissor thing too it's like their little handshake secret I guess. handshake i haven't noticed um poor claim this is such a slip down the card i just don't i did i wasn't quite sure what was going on here. I like are they aligned know. now and if so they are i think it so was what? on rampage and oh that sucks yeah i don't know whatever i wasn't thrilled with it but i still don't know what happened yeah um the varsity blondes call out the house of black um pillman says he stands here a very humbled man he says he is humbled by his experiences in aw and their encounters with the house of black and uh the one that led to the poisoning of the mind of julia hart because that's what mist does poisoned your mind yeah. this is getting like supernatural adjacent for me warning danger bit. danger um he says the most humbling is watching everything you've worked for falling apart says they lost their enthusiasm and that is when the house of black drove them apart and today is a new day he's feeling enthusiastic which he's used that word too much and uh he wants to keep them together he wants a house of black right now they make their entrance looking like cool boys yep uh house of black pummel varsity bonds his heart stands in the corner afraid and she kind of gets cornered by black and intimidated Murphy takes her to the middle ring. King hands her a chair. They want her to hit Garrison. She hesitates. Black throws down the chair and intimidates her until Death Triangle chases them off. Doesn't he pull her eye patch off? Yes. And she's like covering also. her face. Because I think the idea is like if he can, this is just me guessing, if he can like look into that eye, then he's going to be like controlling or she'll do whatever. And that's why she was uncovering it up when he pulled the yeah. patch off. I don't know. I... Or she's just really ugly and like, or it made the wound is ugly now that she's ugly i mean she could be ugly could be but um like it's ugly and she doesn't want to yeah yeah I, I don't know man like i really want the house of black death triangle match i think it'll be awesome but and like even though i early on and i have to be honest i was half joking that i've been saying that hearts joining house of black since the beginning right Which yeah i started <laughs> out as just trying to be kind of funny and then it became true but i'm just not really keen on the rest of this like the story and the Lots of cryptic talking and stuff. It's just kind of wearing me out. And I just want to get to the match because it's going to be awesome. You're right. So 
Yeah, um, I don't really know what this was or why this was. It wasn't, it felt like they were, um, it felt like the, filling time a bit, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I thought the performance from Pillow was solid, um, weird to say, he feels really enthusiastic. <laughs> that just seems off. Yeah. House of Black Beat solid. Stuff with Julie Hart just kind of dragged up for nothing to happen. It was fine. I want some matches this soon. Um, with that triangle and House of Black. Should be great. Need Phoenix versus Murphy. Um, that does mean Phoenix has to lose in the tournament, but that's Probably. okay. Um, he is facing Kyle Riley, so that is pretty cool. That should be good, yeah. I'm just thought, what if, what if the final is Couldn't cool? Couldn't you just spoil the next match? What if, what if the? How dare you? I'm just kidding. Oops. I assume. I actually assume most people um, watch Dynamite, but not the other stuff we talked about. What if uh, the fi- the final is Cole O'Reilly? Could be. Or because wait. And the Bucks help Cole, and then the so we go from there. Wait, no, because no. R- so right, the the trio titles get introduced, or maybe they don't. But to start, or at least like you don't need to do it with the trio titles, but you could start like the. Old dissension, the undisputed elite with like maybe something stuff happens along the way, like an O'Reilly loses, and maybe like there's some accidental interference with the Bucks, right? Mm-hmm. And he loses. The final should be Cole Gargano. Let's be honest. That'd be awesome. That's what it should be, because and then that also means um we get Gargano versus Joe if he's the Joker, because right. the bracket shows Samoa Joe facing the Joker, which I think is interesting, because I don't. If the Joker is someone new, yeah, I don't think Joe's winning that, and I. Th- think that's kind of an odd choice because you think that you'd want like a win for him at least like as much as you can give him in the tournament yeah but um hurt your gargano theory then i don't know no i think Gargano could kick his ass maybe it'd be a cool match for it sure it would for sure yep. that would be like kind of an nxt it would dream match yes mm-hmm. different eras for uh sure. next we get... very very different <laughs> yeah well actually they were briefly the same era that's true until <laughs> injury prone joe's i was again. just saying different era from 2.0 was my Ah, from current, oh, okay, okay, yeah, the that's true. current offering. That's true. Um, Jade Cargill promo with, with the baddies. Uh, Sterling says they have kept the celebration going since Pittsburgh, and they had a trios victory on Rampage. Cool. Uh, Velvet qualified for the tournament. She will win the whole thing, um, she says. Nope. Um, <laughs> Cargill says they will two champions in the baddies. Um, Hogan says they'll keep celebrating because that's what baddies do, period, which seems to be the catchphrase. I guess. Um, I thought it was fine, and I thought a funny hypothetical is what if they did have two champions, but like with that, she's implying that Velvet would hold the world title and she would hold the TBS title. Like, that's just kind of funny to me. True. Like, She'd be the lesser champion. Right. Yeah. Even <laughs> though she's just, undefeated. Right. That just, and that's Red just Velvet is a funny to me. Enhancement talent. Basically. She's named after, uh, fabric yeah no uh, uh red velvet's a cake yeah but isn't it also well yes velvet's a fabric yes yeah you're right um i like this group i think they're kind of cool and you let sterling and jade basically do all of the talking right and they bring the other two along slowly i told you my dream is bivens comes over and is kind of a combination of mvp and um Heyman, where it's kind of like we're doing the hurt business female version and that Jade has clearly hired Bivens, so she's in charge, but then Bivens can manage, like, help the other two and talk for them sort of thing. But even as it is now with Sterling, Sterling does a good job, Jade does a good job, and the other two are just kind of there for now, and we'll see where it goes. Mm-hmm. But I liked it. Yeah, I still find the alliance weird just because it just came out of the blue, and yeah. I just, like, it feels so WWE just to bring it in and be like, now Jade and Velvet are friends. I think there was some development on social media that I am not aware of. 
but I think that's maybe where I was less what aware we're of missing. it because I didn't even. I could be wrong, that. but I think I remember seeing that somewhere. Oh, then I was. Uh, I didn't see. Any, I didn't see nothing. Me either, but um, could be that. Next, we get uh, Ray Phoenix wearing all white uh, versus Dante Martin. Highlight Owen of Hart the show. Qualifier. Highlight yes, of the show. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a spring springboard heel kick in the corner by Phoenix. Typical. Um, followed by a back flipping Russian leg sweep from the second row by ridiculous for two. Um, think of it as like he's doing Spanish fly, except Martin lands on his face instead of his back. It was. I don't think I've seen it before. It's pretty cool. Yep. Um, I feel like you might have done that before. Maybe like, there's there's a decent chance because it's Phoenix. True. Uh, there's diving cross by by Martin for two. A cutter from a power bomb position by Phoenix. Cool. Um, Phoenix with a nice sell from a super kick. Um, by really Martin. nice. That was nice. Yeah. Just crumpled. Yeah. Um, Phoenix goes for the backflip. Um, that move from the top rope again, but they both land on their feet, and Martin like spikes them with the poison rod. That's like, that, ridiculous. Like, gnarly. Like I don't know what a simultaneous two people backflip. could pull that off, right? Like right. maybe there's a few, but not. That's something. And it that was not, like pretty synced too. It was great. Yeah. There's not many people doing that. Uh, Phoenix countered the nose dive. And hits the that driver he does for the win. It's like a a he, he kind of like quick knees him in the head, and then it's kind of like a rikishi driver. Except this time he kind of like laid him out more. Like I he did. It, was it wasn't as the, vertical. It was more on the neck. Yeah. Um. So that was cool. It was still cool though. It was. Um. This match, I it made the list, man. I opened up the old matches I really liked from 2022 and put this one on ah, there. That's why you edited it recently. I saw. Because I thought it was fantastic, right? Like they got 10 minutes and it was just packed. Um really fast action high flying like innovative stuff that i don't know if i've seen before the crowd was like super into it i don't know how you couldn't be um all obviously nice to see phoenix coming back after a disgusting looking injury and looking so good and i mean it's back to dante right in his singles career because big brother is injured again and dante just keeps putting on really good matches against really experienced talent and he does he He's in that spot kind of where some people are in AEW where they don't really win very often and I don't care. Like it doesn't matter to me that I still want to watch them wrestle, you know what I mean? And that's a really cool thing to have. Um, I thought this was excellent, both guys. And just, I, I don't know what more you could ask for in a 10-minute TV match, to be honest. So that's kind of why I made the list. Best thing on this show, I would say. Yeah, that is fair. This was just plain and simple, a fun match. I, I think it was pretty great. Um. That talk about making the most of your time, right? Absolutely. Um, and easily the most memorable thing from the show, and far from the longest, I think. Like, there's definitely other longer ones, right? Yep. Um, uh, like I mean, you should expect something along these lines from the from these two. Um, some of the spots and sequences were just really cool, or like some of the selling was just on point. Um, they were just on point here. Um, I think the finish as well. On this would make for a good opener. Um, this yes. should have been the opener uh, for sure. Would have been like a all-time opener for them and it, it was jeff hardy yeah and so. they can go back to this match sometime i'm totally that, fine that'd with be that. really cool for sure yep um next there's a darby allen promo with that old goth guy mm-hmm. um he's gonna face jeff hardy in the first round of the tournament uh darby says we know what to expect and it'll be a special night sting says he knows they'll both pull out all the stops and it'll be a special night um my nope. one note nothing really this is fine <laughs> I will lose my crap if Jeff wins. Yeah. He, that is all I wrote. I don't think so. Um, Thunder Rosa promo. She says, everyone has a story to tell and she'll tell hers. It. I just kind of summarized that she basically, she just said like it was full of bad guys and good guys, ups and downs. And she stands here as the champion. She said she came here wanting to elevate women's wrestling. She became who she is today through hard work. It's like one of those generic motivational speakers. Like you put in the work, yeah. good things will come. And now I'm the backbone of this division. <laughs> 
Um, and she says she wants to face the best, the most experienced, which I thought was an interesting choice of words, like facing the best, sure, but the most experienced, then that's kind of narrowing it down, mm-hmm. isn't it? Um, and she tells the story. I didn't get the specifics because I didn't care. And, and she says she wants to call it the normal contender, which is Serena Deeb. Woo-woo. It was something about she's always looked up to Deeb, and that was one of the I reasons thought, she came to Dynamite, I think. Which I thought was weird because I don't remember that being... Feel a bit retconned, maybe. Yeah. But that's fine. Wait a minute. It doesn't bother me. Deeb took the NWA title from her. That is true. Ha! Nice. Uh, Deeb says it's been a long time, and she's watched Rosa climb to the top and earn her spot. She respects her, believes they can make this the best women's division. But for that to happen, the best women's wrestler has to be champion because it, it almost went babyface, and she went back to that. I was just like, thank goodness. Okay, good. I'm liking her as a heel mm-hmm. now. Um, Rosa says the belt indicates it's her, and she is the best. Deeb says everyone knows but won't say that Deeb's on another level of her own, mm-hmm. and it's about time that she had the title to show for it. Rosa asks if she wants to bet for it, and Deeb bets Rosa while the shortest women's title ring because she's taking the title at double or nothing. Like, I don't get what the bet part was because it's already for the belt, right? I, I guess. But, uh, I thought Rosa started out a little bit shaky, but then she got kind of her feet under her and it was fine. And I, I like, this is what I kind of like, simple, logical storytelling, right? Rosa apparently looks up to Deeb, we learn here. Deeb respects Rosa, but they both think that they're the best. They both think they should be the champion. And that's basically it, right? And that works for me totally fine. Um, not everything has to be a super complicated, deep story. Sometimes you need quick things like this, and I liked it. Um, mm-hmm. Although I think her saying she's the backbone of this division, because I don't think division's very good. So I don't know if that's quite the flex she thinks it is. But I thought Rosa did a good job. Um, she tried to make a connection to sort of a history between the two, which is always a good idea Just for me. Just point to the NWA title, because like, at least that I know it happened. Yes, and I look forward to the match. So yeah, I'm, I'm a huge Deeb fan right now. I just, my only concern is I don't think Deeb's winning, right? Because Rosa just started the reign, no. and I do want Deeb to have a title run, so they better keep her around this title mm-hmm. picture. Um, the promo for Rosa was solid. She's not great, but I think she spoke fine. Which, she did a good which, job, Which yeah. is an improvement, so yep. I'll, I'll take it. Um, got better when Deeb came out because I think her promo was pretty good. I'm glad we're actually getting this match because Deeb deserves even a shot. I think like she deserves at least a shot. Me too. I'd be really happy if she won, but I think at least for now she's just a credible challenge for Rosa, and she is because I think she has somewhat of a chance. Um, and um, I hope so. I hope she would win, but I don't think so. Me either, not um, yet. Next, then we got John Silver promo. It was pretty quick. Um, I didn't catch much, but he's gonna face CM Punk next week, and I don't know, it was just like him being energetic and like he's just always and super energetic about how big his arms are it was super entertaining i loved it it was pretty quick but i, I liked it a lot yep um it he's was classic john silver but always entertaining that's what <laughs> i have too um then we come to our main event air quotes um <laughs> Ooh. diana Peraza versus mercedes martinez for the undisputed roh women's world championship i this has got like the they somehow found a more pointless interim champion than sammy guevara and i was saying like when this was starting right like this is a weird weird situation because there's no real build for this match i don't think um and i think there should have been and then you have like let's try and get this straight two women fighting for the roh championship neither of them work for that company (laughs) right all right on a tv show that's not ring of honor right so yeah you're telling me and like it's a very weird situation yeah you said that to me earlier and i was like it's even better if like you take that out of context yeah just like if you tell that to someone who doesn't know. And you don't know. know that AEW now owns Ring of Honor. Right? Yeah, especially if, if you didn't know that, then it's even weirder. Yeah, like, so it's, it's like a weird situation. But anyways. It is incredibly weird. Yeah. I don't even like, I know Martinez came in for a bit. Like, I don't know how she's, if she's signed, I assume. She is, I think, she right? Because she came in. Oh, right. What, no, as, I think she is. No, She I'm, came in as Baker's heavy for five minutes and then. No, she was. Yeah, I don't know. She was Baker's heavy and then she was against them and then. Right. 
Yeah. No, but it is weird, and I think this will be Peraza's one dalliance in AEW. I think so, too, until, I mean, her contract's mm-hmm. up, and then who knows? Maybe she does. I mean, that, that'd be pretty cool. Yep. Um, there, the, I didn't catch much here, Um, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, There's a side of suplex from Martinez. I caught high boot in the corner fall, but corner basement drop kick by Martinez for two, and that was all right. A fisherman buster by Martinez, and then already I caught the finish was a surfboard stretch, and then she changes into, into a dragon sleeper by Martinez for the win, like really bend in Peraza back there. Yeah, I there was that I saw the one there was like a cool arm snap by Deanna with using her feet. I thought looked pretty good. Um, I mean the crowd was pretty silent for this one, right? Considering how crazy they were for Wardlow, how crazy they were for Phoenix and Dante Martin, like this crowd. They were trying at times, but they really weren't very into this. Um, and I honestly, I was really happy to see women in the main event of Dynamite. Uh, but this one under-delivered for me. The weird situation I mentioned with the lack of build and everything else, and a negatively, sorry, relatively disengaged crowd, I thought. And honestly, it wasn't a very long match, right? I think maybe no, it, they got 10 I, minutes. I was thinking like, oh, nice, the women finally get the main event, so they'll get like decent time. Like right. This was decent time, but like I feel like for a main event, they would have gotten like more than what they'd get in the middle of the show. So uh, all of those things hurt this a bit for me. I think it was good and competitive, but not great. And I do think these two are capable of great, um, especially Perazzo, and I really like Martinez too. So I think there's a better match there between these two. I thought it was okay, but a really... Uh, kind of a lackluster main event for me. Yeah. Um, what did you think? Um, it was okay. It just was very underwhelming and short. It wasn't bad. There just wasn't much of a note and feel like they were much capable. They're capable of much better. Mm-hmm. I'm a little surprised Martinez won, but Pras is not affiliated with AW at all at the moment, so it makes kind of it kind of makes sense. Yes. Um, it it just like. Um, they didn't need longer. They needed more to work with. I feel like Peraza didn't really get to showcase much either. Um, like I, you've you've seen her a bunch, but like I've only seen her a bit. And I just didn't really see much here. Yeah. Right. So it wasn't her best. Word. I feel like she should also got more. Um, what are your thoughts on the show as a whole and also the letter grade? Did not think it was a very strong episode this week. Um, you want to hear the hottest of hot takes? Mm. I think I liked NXT better this week. Come on, you can't. Isn't say that, that crazy? You can't I say literally that. feel that way. I think you can't say that. But um, so Dante Martin Phoenix was by far the highlight of this. It was fantastic. No other matches really stand out, and that's part of my issue, right? It's really rare for me to say that neither the opener nor the main event were very good. But I think that's the case this week, right? Almost yeah, that's fair. Every single week, one of those is pretty awesome, and I was not that thrilled with either of them. I don't think any of the segments were bad. I liked Regal's little thing. I liked Rosa Deeb and Hangman's promo were good. But I thought this was a pretty subpar Dynamite. Uh, and I gave it a C plus actually this week. So in the C range, not common. Like not a bad show, but it was just kind of there for me for the most part, actually. And and again, one amazing match that was 10 minutes. Um, that is not the norm for Dynamite. So it's underwhelming for me. What about you? Um, Yeah, it, it was not the best show. Like, like you said, I think the opener was boring and then the main event was underwhelming highlight for sure the uh phoenix martin match Easily. i think that was great mm-hmm. um other matches jericho santana was fine and world of morris was fine and the trios match was fine um not a ton of notable segments like i feel like the major ones like the team taz stuff was fine um hangman's promo was solid um the varsity bonds thing was fine i guess and Thunder Rose's promo was fine, and I John Silver's promo I probably liked the most, and it was just like a short little yeah, thing. Yeah, like 30 seconds. So um, overall, that, yeah, pretty underwhelming show. I'd probably 
give it a C plus too. Yeah, that's yeah. rare rare that we're not in the A or B range, right? Yep. So a little bit disappointing, but I expect them to rebound well. Yep. All right, that will bring us to the end of that segment and to the beginning of the next one, which is where we're going to do a little bit of trivia in what we call Off the Top of His Head. All right, so this week I did a little bit more prep work than last week to ensure that these trivia questions actually have answers this week. Oh, to the, do your job. The book, job. Let, the book let me down last it week. It did. So we're going to look at the first half. We're going to go 15 questions about the WWE Hall of Fame, which is a clearly one of our favorite things. It's Remember I told you I was talking... extreme honor of was, the highest honor. I was talking to somebody who I know casually who watches wrestling because nobody else in my life other than you watches wrestling... And it was like, he's like, did you watch the Hall of Fame on Mania Weekend? I was like, no, I've never watched it. No. Um, and it was um, Marco Sr. Ah. Basketball. And he's like, oh, the Hall of Fame's like my favorite thing of the year. And I was like, you and I are very different wrestling fans because you couldn't paint. Anyways, it's not anything that interests me. So I figure you might not do that great because we don't watch it. So, but we'll see. Who was the first ever Hall of Fame inductee? Andre the Giant. Correct. Which of these superstars was inducted into the Hall of Fame by Vince McMahon? Undertaker. No, ready? You're going to want the options. James Dudley, who I've literally never heard of. Gorilla Monsoon. Chief J. Strongbow or Arnold Scotland? Scotland? Scotland. It is James Dudley. I don't even know who that is. I I was going to, my first guess was going to be Gorilla Monsoon. Uh, Yeah, because that's the only name. Well, I know Chief J. Strongbow too, I guess, but I wouldn't think. Um, I've heard Scotland before. I don't me too. know why. Uh, true or false? Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels are the only two superstars with double Hall of Fame inductions. So I guess. I know that's false, but it depends on when this was made. So I'm going with false because I know that's not true. It is true at the time of this. So mm. go ahead and I'm tell us why it's false because this is impressive of I'm your knowledge sure too. I'm Booker T is now because Harlem Heat, yeah. So he's in as Harlem Heat and Booker T. Flair's yeah. in as Four Evolution. Horsemen. Oh, a Horseman and Ric Flair. Oh, no, because. Evolution isn't otherwise Orton. And then Michaels is DX and himself? Yes. So I know Booker T is also. And then So there you go. Even I though you got it wrong, it's still impressive that you know you're actually righter than the trivia. Mm-hmm. That's happened a few times in these 94 episodes. One of these four superstars was not included while still being, sorry, inducted. Reading is fundamental. Inducted while still being an active member. Okay, so one of them wasn't inducted okay. as an active member. Jeff Jarrett. Shawn Michaels, Triple H, or Kurt Angle? Wasn't inductive while an active member. Right. Like while wrestling? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's what it's saying, right? Is one of these four superstars was not inducted while still being an active member of WWE. Angle. Jarrett, Triple H, etc., etc. It is, in fact, Shawn Michaels. Uh. I didn't know that either. These are hard. True or false? There have been fewer than 40 posthumous do you know what that means unique inducted after they're dead wwe hall of fame fewer than 40 that seems like a sorry i won't influence you false actually i was gonna say i was gonna say that sounds like a lot but which of these groups has received hall of fame inductions horseman new day usos shield is that a real question it goes from so hard to so easy like Uso's New Day and Shield are the other options, yes. really. So who are you taking? <laughs> I'm just, 
That's laughably bad. Yeah. Four horsemen. Yeah, we were just talking oh, about it, too. We were. A, the shields, like, they're all wrestling. And the Usos are not the, even a faction. I'm starting to not love this book that much. The more It's kind of getting fun to go through it for different reasons now because <laughs> it's all over the place. laughably bad. True or false? There have been at least 10 celebrity Hall of Fame inductions. True. Yeah, that's true. That definitely feels like it. Donald Trump. Yeah. Which of these superstars inducted Ric Flair into the Hall of Fame? Or do you know off the top of your head? I want to say Triple H. You are correct. You, yeah. in fact, do. Uh, Hulk Hogan's Hall of Fame induction was done by which of these popular actors? Or do you know? Uh, go. Uh, Stallone, Schwarzenegger, De Niro, Pesci. Schwarzenegger. Nope. The first one. Correct. Sylvester Stallone. Rocky. True or false? Stone Cold Austin is a WWE Hall of Fame inductee. Is it inductee. actually Stone Cold Austin? Stone Cold, sorry. Uh-huh. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin is sorry. a Hall of Fame inductee. Yeah. Yes. I think he's like 09. Yes. Uh, true or false, there have been over 110 wrestlers inducted into the Hall of Fame. True. True is correct. How many rest, sorry, how many Warrior Award recipients have there been? Seven. Do you know that? No. Because <laughs> I think this won't be up to date, right? So you could be right, because it's saying five. Uh, Can you name them all? No, of course not. Tyson Neal is one of them. Right. True or false, there have been up to 15 groups inducted into the Hall of Fame. I don't think there's that many. I'll go false. It is true. Damn it. Which of these WWE legends did Cody and Dusty Rhodes induct into the WWE Hall of Fame? Is that a real question? Yeah. There's no way that's a real question. It's Dusty. No? It is a real question, and the answer is Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> Wait, are you saying it's not Brett the Hitman Hart, nor Vince McMahon, nor Batista? Come on, Batista. Of Batista. course, Cody and Right, because Cody, Cody was in Legacy when They're Batista tight. feuded with Orton, right? Exactly. So, okay, yeah. Uh, last one for that this week. That is such a bad question. In what year did Ted DiBiase get inducted into the Hall of Fame? Just so, so random. I don't questions. know. 2004? 10, 11, 12, 13. 2010. You are correct. What? You do know. Yeah, this book, man. I don't know. I, I was hoping it was good because it saves me making trivia. I think generally trivia. it is, but then there's just we like hit a rough some questions here. where you're just like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. Well, that's uh, going to wrap up that trivia section. We'll <laughs> revisit brutal. We'll revisit it next week, and we'll transition. We're not going to talk about NXT UK this week. We're going to move NXT 2.0 into that spot. So we'll talk about this week's episode of NXT 2.0, Spring Break-In. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I already sort of let the cat out of the bag and let you know that I probably preferred this to um, Dynamite this week. So that means it's probably the all-time greatest NXT 2.0 episode, probably, right? Like, it's definitely never one head-to-head for me. And it's always been, like, barely passing grade. So you know it at least got a C-plus this week. So we'll go into it. It already makes me sad. And it's nice because you actually saw some of this with me, right? So uh, the show opens with Pretty Deadly. They're by the pool. Um, welcoming us to the show. I guess they're tanning and admiring their tag team titles um, and complete with their, they, their one of their little gimmicks is they do the side, side plate check, right? So we have that. They run down the card for this spring break and episode and then they jump into the pool. And you know what, what I realized is this is basically like their male toxic attraction, but actually entertaining. You know what I mean? They're by the pool with their shirts off and doing all of that. And like, but they're, 
entertaining. They're it's like the difference is they're they've done this long enough that they're comfortable in their characters and sound really good. And right, believe they're me, actually good at it. And believe me, at the beginning, Pretty Deadly weren't like they were. So the, uh, maybe there's hope. They for were talks. jobbers. I remember. And they weren't like they were doing the same gimmick, but they just weren't comfortable in it yet. And maybe there's hope for Toxic Attraction too. Then, but they're doing like male version but amusing instead of just trying to be like sexy they're actually just kind of funny right so i they're a welcome addition to 2.0 for me i enjoyed this little kickoff in the opening match and that's one of the things i liked about this episode is i think they ordered the matches perfectly and they basically had i think five matches so it's more like a takeover feel right where they're not cramming eight or whatever it is usually four minute matches they're actually putting five in and giving them time to breathe um so that is one of the things i liked about this show so we start out with i think the perfect choice it's the north american title match triple threat between um a defending cameron grimes taking on the challenger solo sokoa and carmelo hayes uh so grimes and sokoa take turns attacking hayes early on and then hayes es- escapes to the floor i think he does that a couple of times the crowd is really behind solo sokoa for this one uh grimes hits an arm drag to Melo, who actually so he arm drags him kind of and Melo goes right on to sokoa and hits arana which looked pretty cool we get a springboard leg drop by hayes to grimes who's sort of suspended from the second rope that looked good um, the moonsault fallaway slam, which has a name and I keep forgetting. Uh, Grimes hits that to Hayes. Uh, at least you remember that name, though. But you're right, because you've reminded me, I think, 20 times before <laughs> I actually remembered. Yeah. Um, so Sokoa breaks up the pinfall here with a senton, which was kind of nice, too. I'm supposed to get picture in picture, but I don't. And it's a little disappointing because I'm kind of into this match at this point. Sokoa super kicks Hayes, and that forces Hayes. I don't know what exactly um, was being set up here, but it forces Hayes to hit uh, code red to grime so that looked pretty cool too we get a superplex powerbomb combination by Hayes and Sokoa to Grimes and all three of them are down for a second here Sokoa then fires up on both men hits a series of moves before powerbombing Hayes onto Grimes a series of moves no way and then hitting Grimes with a huge spinning urinagi um, to Carmelo Hayes for a two count Grimes hits that double rana that he does and then a poison rana just to Carmelo Hayes for a two count um we get Hayes countering the cave-in with a lung blower for a near fall. Uh, Hayes then comes off the top to a nice Sokoa super kick, and Sokoa hits his top rope splash to Grimes, but Hayes makes the save and breaks up the pinfall. Uh, Sokoa goes to set up Hayes for a Samoan drop, but Grimes kind of comes out of nowhere, hits the cave-in to both of them, and ends up pinning Solo Sokoa here to retain the title after about 14 minutes. Um, I really like this match. I thought it was a great choice for an opener, like I said. The pace wasn't furious, but it was really steady. A lot of cool spots mixed in. I think Hayes and Grimes are just fantastic performers. And Solo Sokoa is really solid. Like, I don't think he's spectacular at all. Um, he's but he not don't, the worst. No, he doesn't have any major flaws either. And the, the other two guys can make sure he's given an opportunity to look good in a match like this. And I think he did. I think it was Sokoa's best match by a fair margin. Really good match to start the show. And at this point, possibly my favorite NXT 2.0 match. Definitely my favorite match in a while on 2.0. I'd have to really think about it. But a very good opener. A very high quality match, actually. We then get, I think, did you see this? Did it come across social media? Or Mandy Rose going to get yeah. a tan? Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. So she uh, goes to a tanning bed somewhere, and Wendy Chu sneaks in. I think she was already in the shark onesie for this pro, uh, this segment as well. Um, so she sneaks in, turns up the tanning bed, so Mandy Rose gets burned. 
Mandy goes to leave. She sees Dolan and Jane. They laugh at her and tell her that they can't. She can't go to the beach with them, which means we're gonna get another segment from these two later, right? And do we, do we ever? That's why Mandy's not there later. So she got a fake tan to go to the beach to get a get a real tan. In her defense, people do that so that you don't get burned when you go outside. You get a little bit of a tan first. So that you don't get a burn when you go. And then you hit your head that off is the a thing, thing like in Christmas with the cranks. Right. Um, so they, she's not allowed to go to the beach with the other two. Mandy finally looks at herself in the mirror and screams. I don't know, man. This felt like a scene from like a Nickelodeon show geared towards like 10 to 12 year olds. Um, it's really bad. And we're going to get more of it that was possibly worse or at least as bad later on. So... As much as I liked this show, there was some garbage on here as well that you got to see. You didn't see this one. Oh, you saw it, but not in the moment. But no. Um, then we get Mackenzie. She's with Nathan Fraser. Um, and he, for some reason, feels the need to agree that Mandy looks like a strawberry. Like, I don't know why he needs to acknowledge that he saw that awful segment. But anyways, he does. He basically says that Grayson Waller has a mad Twitter game, but he's thinking about his NXT debut against Waller and has been waiting for this moment literally his entire life. Um, he says a bit more. I didn't think he sounded good here. He sounded just like the doe-eyed baby face, like naive. I, don't, I didn't think he came across sounding like a star here at all. I wasn't really impressed, but mic work isn't really his strength, right? He's more of an in-ring guy at this point, so I wasn't thrilled with this either. You're going to see a trend as I talk about this show where in-ring good, not in-ring really bad. Uh, so the creeds are sparring. I guess, training together when Roderick Strong comes in, tells them that tonight they need to show him that they're ready. He says the Viking Raiders are their toughest challenge yet, and it can't be a repeat of what happened in the gauntlet match, which he just keeps bringing up for these poor creeds. And the creeds say that they are in the zone and there's nothing to worry about. Strong calls um, Ivy Nile over, announces again that he is in fact the leader of Diamond Mind, and what he says goes... Roddy walks out, and the rest obviously don't look happy and exchange some, like, knowing glances. They're not too thrilled with good old Roddy's leadership style at this point, I guess. So it seems to be leading to a split of the group, right? And I would imagine Diamond Mine um, becoming baby faces, I think, or maybe... Or rather the creeds. Sorry, the creeds. What did I say? Diamond Mine. Not the whole thing, yes. Yeah. Sorry, the creeds. Uh, I imagine strong. Roddy replaces them somehow. Uh, and I guess the only... It seems a bit too soon, right? And there's not even a singles wrestler to feud with Roddy. So if they split, like, what do you, where do you go? Does he take each of them on one at a time in consecutive matches? Or does he get a tag team partner? Does he recruit another tag team? Right. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. But new again, Diamond then Mine. what is he? <laughs> the new Diamond And Mines. what are you, like, announcing that Roddy's now a mouthpiece, basically? Like, that's a terrible decision, too, right? So, <laughs> I almost want them to do that. That's like, really know. funny. I guess the only real question here is where will Ivy Nile end up? Because she seems to be sort of stuck in the middle of this. And I honestly, I don't mind this angle compared to a lot of things on this show. So it, it doesn't bother me that much. I don't think it's amazing. And then what I told you, the... The write-off, the detailed, complicated, thoughtful write-off of Dexter Loomis and who's the other one, Persia Parada, happens here. And basically all it is, is Indy Hartwell is backstage looking sadly at her wedding ring. That's it. Loomis is gone. Duke Hudson walks in. Perished. He also is looking sad and he sort of leans in like he's going to kiss Indy. Indy says, oh, hell no. Duke says, you wish. Um... So this is how they acknowledge the departure of each of these two significant others. 
I guess I don't really care. I don't know what you expect them to do. So I guess this is them acknowledging it. And I really hope that they have something good planned for Indy Hartwell. She's been tangled up in this like comedy role for a long time now with the way, which was, I think the way was hit and miss, mostly miss, but there was a few things that were okay. And I think right. she, like she's done her best, right? Yeah. Like she's worked, no, for sure. She's worked hard with the crap she's been given. So I hope that she has something lined up and come, go, other than just silly comedic stuff. We then get Nathan Fraser taking on Grayson Waller. No sign of Andre Chase with Fraser, which I was happy to see because I don't think that's a very strong affiliation for a guy debuting on the brand. But I, I spoke a bit too soon here. Uh, Waller escapes the ring after an early Fraser flurry, sits in a lawn chair up on the ramp. Uh, Waller then takes control with aggressive strikes, but then, of course, he notices Chase you are up in the crowd and gets distracted momentarily. Fraser goes to springboard off the top rope, but gets knocked off awkwardly a bit later. Waller then slides out of the ring and hits a stiff clothesline out on the floor that looked pretty good. We get a fireman's carry into a powerbomb by Waller for a two count. Curb stomp is avoided by Fraser. He fires up, hits a really fast suicide dive to the outside. Waller goes for that rolling cutter that he likes to hit, but he gets caught with two stiff super kicks before grabbing the ropes to break the pinfall. Uh, Waller then lands a boot, and oh, you were here for this because you saw the cool like flipping unprettier that Waller hit. Right, yeah, I did. That was a cool move. I think maybe the whole match. I don't know. Is this where you showed up? I can't remember. I think so. Yeah. Fraser's knocked off the top, but an air horn causes Waller to fall too as he's setting up for something. I assume it was Chase University people using the air horn. Fraser gets back up, talked, hits the Phoenix Splash. Yeah, like and... um, Chase went up to the barricade. And... Oh, he did. Yeah. So he, he picks up the win after about 13 minutes here. I thought this was a pretty good match. Did um, they not do something like that in the Jackass match? Or I feel like something similar. I probably blocked that. I would have suppressed that memory, I would assume. Can't blame you. It's on my list. It made the other list I have. The other list. Um, there were inima- some innovative things here. I thought Waller kind of stood out more than Fraser, which I'm not sure that was the point here, right? Maybe it's just due to... Waller has a lot more charisma than Fraser. Fraser's kind of plain, but good in the ring. Uh, the fact that you could easily see what would lead to the pinfall hurt this match a little bit. Like, obviously, we're getting a distraction finish, right? I figured they're not going to have Fraser lose this early, and they're not going to have him win clean against Waller because Waller sort of pushed and protected a bit too. So kind of telegraphed the finish, but I still enjoyed the match overall. Any thoughts from you? Uh, that one move was cool. And <laughs> the, the finish was stupid. The flipping unprettier. Yeah, and I, I didn't like the finish. It just, like, seems dumb. I don't know why it, like... It, threw him into so much disarray like i'd just be kind of like annoyed and right distracted for a second there was a loud noise in an environment where there's loud noises generally right was yeah ba- basically I, I think the more logical thing was like he looks over like i don't blame him for looking over but then like fraser has to capitalize on that instead of waller falling off like an idiot right i agree um we then get a vignette for fallon henley talking oh, about man that was brutal getting rowdy with briggs and jensen and, and rowdy then- is she something about, but she loves her horse, Luna Moore. So I guess that's getting background on her. She likes horses. Horseback riding, she's country girl. Country, exactly, country girl. That is her thing. And guess what? She thinks she's going to be um, the win the breakout tournament, I think. Hot take. She's the only one that thinks that of them all. <laughs> they all agree that she's going to win it. <laughs> yeah, they all But we're agree. still going to go through the motions. Right. Um, then outside the building, Legato arrive in their SUV because we need to see that SUV to recognize it for a segment later. Tony D'Angelo also arrives with his thugs. And I say mm-hmm. that kind of lightly because it looks like it's his two <laughs> teenage nephews that are with him is what it feels like to me. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing them. As opposed to like mafia tough guys. But anyways, 
Um, and that other guy that I could never remember because he's around a lot today. What's his name? AJ something. AJ Galante, Galante, Galante. I believe. Yes. I still don't know who he is. But anyways, he is there. Uh, we then see Braun Breaker warming up for his main event match later on. And then here we go. You saw this. Legato and Tony D'Angelo and his crew sit down for a meeting. Uh, even understand. I know what it was, but at the same time, I don't understand what it was. So they try to act like rival mobsters, and they say a lot oh, of things. Man. Yeah, that was so stupid. But who really cares? Tony says there's enough pie for both of them in NXT. Escobar says maybe they can work together and share the business. What business? What has Legato done in NXT other than like lose tag team matches? And you know what I mean? Like this idea of their mobsters and they have all of this business they're doing in NXT has never been shown to us before. Yeah, like it's not Electra like Lopez likes this boys. was never a part of their gimmick. No, so now it's just it kind of is. So it's weird. But anyways, maybe they can share business if Tony follows Santos's lead. Obviously, Tony's not really okay with not being the one in charge here. Escobar suggests a truce then. They do end up apologizing to each other that peace is what's best for their businesses, whatever that is again. And they toast to their peace agreement. But clearly, you get this sense that neither of them trust each other. Probably each man is planning on turning on the other. But I don't want to put that much thought into it because who cares? Escobar then tells um cruise to start the car but it's like a very knowing and i guess we learn why they're talking about starting the car later right it leads to the final scene of this trio of loveliness that is the cartoonish ridiculous tony d'angelo interacting with the cool but being dragged down <laughs> santos escobar right yeah um i thought this was really bad i don't know if there's people that are gonna like it but Again, I don't know what business Escobar has been doing in NXT other than wrestling. I don't know why he's suddenly the head of some organized crime family. Yeah, I saw a post um, about like um, Marvel joke like that, or it's like one of those things where like if you like it was some look for shot from WandaVision. It's like oh, if you haven't watched it ten times, then people are like oh my god, I love this show, and I was just like, what? <laughs> it's like if people like this, I'd be I'd be. If people Almost like this confused. segment, yes. Yeah, and I think a bunch of people like the movie too, so I'm just... Probably. This is why I hate people. I, oh, I looked up Rotten Tomatoes. It got really good reviews. I think it was like 89% from critics. Um, Hancock did not trust that. Um, Escobar continues to look stupid, He's I think, right. um, opposite this cartoon character, and I felt like this was kind of a fairly lengthy waste of time. Like, it got a decent amount of time, a right? A lengthy waste of time. Yes. The yes. best... If you're going to waste your time, it might as well be lengthy. That's a good point. Uh, Mackenzie talks to the Viking Raiders about the creeds. Basically, all the creeds work in the gym isn't going to matter when they face the Raiders, who are two grown men. Pretty deadly That's then. That's a good point, because <laughs> like, a lot of people here aren't. Right, like the creeds are children, I guess. I don't know, but anyways. Pretty deadly come in to say that they're excited for the match. Uh, I think they were basically saying, like, they're like almost thanking the Raiders, because they're going to soften up the creeds before Pretty Deadly face them, and then the Raiders kind of respond by saying if you're not careful you'll be the be the ones that we're going to damage so pretty deadly are obviously afraid of this because that's the kind of heels they are they say no thanks and leave um, joe gacy says change is intimidating but we shouldn't be scared we're on the precipice of a new beginning and we should be frightened of what happens if gacy doesn't win the nxt championship well guess what um tonight he says he will change the world and this did not did it not feel bray wyatt to you like am i not right a little bit right and he's got the, the whole world in his hands and there's more bray wyatt-ish stuff coming up yep too right in the match so i just gacy's character has gotten kind of boring and lazy and it's too bad because 
Um, his in-ring work is good, and his character work can be fine too, but I just don't like what they're giving him to do right now. We then get your dream match, right, which was Nikita Lyons and Cora Jade taking on Natalia and Lash Legend. Um, I don't know why I stuck around for this. You did, though. Because it's, it's a, so bad, like, he just has to... I don't have a shirts. lot of notes, right? It was a back-and-forth match. Natty was working a lot with the rookies, as you would expect yeah, in this Natty, match. Yeah, Natty... I think it sucks when Natty has to carry... She's, like, she's not bad. She just sucks. Yeah, she's not. I, don't, I mean, I guess she's fine to work, like, like as a trainer, basically, for these women, right? she knows but, how to do stuff. So. She's just not interesting or that, like, good. There were a lot of kip-ups at one point um, in this. Yeah. I like, think Nikita Lyons so. and Lash and Natty all kipped up, I believe. Um, anyways, we get everyone except Cora Jade because what can Cora Jade even do? We got a hot tag for Lions. Well, she can hit that devastating scent on for the finish, <laughs> oh my God. where it looks like if basically I dropped the cat on you because she weighs probably about the same, you know. Anyways, um, <laughs> that is hurtfully accurate. Lions got a hot tag, and I thought the running blockbuster she hit to Natty looked pretty good. Uh, Natty then accidentally kicks Lash in the face at one point, and then she gets hit by a German suplex from Nikita Lions. Basically, I think Lyons hit her um, splits leg drop thing and Jade came off the top for a really weak looking senton, right? Like even you were like, that does not look like yeah, it would finish it anyone. Like, and also, wouldn't you want to do the senton first and then the leg, the stupid leg drop second so she can pin her in that stupid position? Right. In theory. And it's like, it feels like if you dropped a really heavy body pillow from fi like 15 feet above <laughs> you, right? Like that's basically all this is. Um, it went 12 and a half minutes. So I thought the match was fine, which means it over-delivered because I thought this could be an absolute dumpster fire, and it, it wasn't. It could have been. It sure. wasn't. I think Lions looked the best she has so far, uh, and even Legend didn't do anything embarrassing, right? And that's the nicest thing I've said about her in a match, I think. <laughs> that's the highest bar she's cleared so far. Got to see her with Noam Dar later. And I think hiding her in tag matches is obviously the better idea than giving her Cause it's you all can been... say that for all three of them, not named yes, Natty. Because instead of like singles matches against other inexperienced people, put them in with someone a little bit experienced to make it at least not terrible. So Natty worked hard to make sure the others didn't look silly, and I think she should probably be commended for that. I didn't think Cora Jade really did much other than sell for a lot of this and set up that hot tag for Lions. Uh, got 12 minutes, and it wasn't too bad. It wasn't great either, but I expected a mess, so it kind of over-delivered. Um, worst match on the show, easily. Tatum Paxley's a power lifter, and she's going to win the breakout tournament. How could that be? How but could two Sal people... But Henley already told me that she was going to win it. She called it first. She's got yeah. dibs, even. She does. Well, I mean, was there any opinions last week? Because whoever called it first has right. dibs. That's true. I, but I, I heard Fallon Henley say it first, so I believe her. Yep. And why would she lie to me? Paxley talks about all the talented athletes in it, but she's going to win it. Nuh-uh. We then get your favorite segment. Actually, this could go for worse segment if we're putting it in a... What is it? Toxic Dolan and Jane go to the beach? Yep. Oh, that's We might bad. need to add it to the document. If you're bored right now while I summarize it, you could add a spot for this. Um, so Dolan, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane go to the beach um, to frolic, my, my summary is, to frolic in bikinis as Wendy Chu, still in a shark onesie, and Roxanne steal their shoes and keys so that yeah, Toxic Attraction... Roxanne. The whole payoff to this is that Toxic Attraction have to walk across a hot parking lot. Yeah, and That's it's it. like, how do you not feel weird? A being them, being like having to like pose around like a bikini, slowly like, remove around, their t-shirts, and yeah, and like frolic around, and like, and then how do you not feel weird filming this too? Right. Like, how is this all not just like super weird? It's just I, like I feel really bad for Roxy, right? Yeah, like, how did this she is... get? Like losing to Mandy's one thing, like, like that's good. the champion. But like this, how did she get stuck in here? I don't. It this 
the less said about this nonsense, the better, I guess. But like, I don't know who this is for. I want to know who likes this. Somebody email or whatever, contact us and say, yes, I like these segments because I need to know who and likes this. And then give me your right? address. And again, I just hate that Roxy's part of it. Anyways, um, Viking Raiders versus the Creeds. The Raiders are in control early using like a smash mouth, just power style. The, they hit the Viking experience like within the first, minute or two probably yeah right? i was like are they gonna end it i right imagine now? just bury the creeds after doing such a great job of building them <laughs> exactly. might wouldn't have surprised me entirely <laughs> exactly so julius kicks out of that early viking experience brutus ends up taking control hits an impressive gut wrench like basically deadlift gut wrench suplex to uh, eric ivar lands a splash from the apron to brutus on the floor that looked really good you let me know the name of it was the death row. It's like, what is it? Um, he's kind of got like a half Nelson into a... And he just like lifts him up and drops him good. into a kick to the back of the head. It looks way more killer in 2K. Um, Ray Rowe, sorry, um, Eric, his knee strikes look awesome. Now we'll go Ray Rowe. Ray Rowe. Um, double underhook powerbomb by Ar- Ivar for two. Tiger bomb, I guess. Is yeah, that what it is? Yeah, Tyler Driver. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ivar then powerbombs Eric onto Brutus. Ivar hits a second rope splash, but Brutus kicks out of that too. We get a sudden superplex where he like runs up the rope kind of a la Kurt Angle. It was Julius hitting that to Ivar. That was pretty <gasps> impressive. He's an ex-Kurt Angle. <laughs> well, I think that's what they might have him sort of earmarked as maybe. Uh, we get a leg drop off the ropes and a back suplex combo by the Viking Raiders for a near fall. And then the finish comes to this. When Roderick Strong in a hoodie with the hood up, right, he runs by, I don't know if it was a knee or an elbow or what he landed to Eric. Knee, was a knee. And then, I, at first, the first time around, I thought he like hit him with something. I was like, he doesn't have a title anymore, so I'm confused. Yes, yeah, so I, I, I thought I heard that kind of sound. Ran by with a knee, so the Creeds didn't see him do it in the moment. So they pick up the, oh, Julius hits the low clothesline right uh, right after that, and the Creeds win in 13 minutes. So I think the the story here was that the Creeds in the see the replay on the Tron and realize that Roddy ran in. So they're obviously not thrilled with that. Yeah. They they wanted to win on their own because on their own because they're about to become baby faces and that's how baby faces do um so yeah strong tells them you can hear strong on sort of like um a mic somewhere that a win is a win so man i don't know what you thought about this i thought this was a pretty awesome tag match i really it was good for nxt again i think these are probably the two best nxt 2.0 matches i would say best tag match and then best match yes, on this show such a low bar I thought this if this were on Dynamite, I'd be like, this was an awesome tag match. Honestly, I thought I really enjoyed it. Anyways, uh, fast-paced slugfest with lots of cool offense. Really good work by, I thought, everybody involved. I thought Brutus got showcased more than Julius, or more than Brutus does sometimes, because they seem to have their, uh, their heart set on Julius being the star of this pairing, but we'll see. Um, the Creeds continue to be really impressive. They're among the standouts of the current NXT 2.0 roster, I think. Uh, so they get a quality win, and the finish allows them. It doesn't bother me because that allows them to continue that storyline with Roderick Strong, right? Um, and it's debatable that they would have won without it, anyways. So it, I don't think it makes them look weak here. It furthers the story. Uh, really good match, I thought. We then get AJ Galante is in the parking lot. Escobar wants to talk to him, and sort of sounds like he's trying to talk Galante into joining him, right? Because um, I think he's. He's Tony D'Angelo's consigliere is his role. So Escobar's implying that, you know, maybe he should join him. But then he quickly punches Galante in the stomach, throws him in the SUV that pulls up. So that's why we had to see the SUV before to know that that is the Legato SUV. Didn't they, don't they have a history of abducting people? Didn't, 
did that, that's how Mendoza they, and Wild came but it was into all of action. It was all of it was fake, right? That it was a fake abduction. Okay. Yeah, he must have used two other guys for that. Remember, like, <laughs> right? When right. Was happening. So at least I mean they have a history of abducting people. So maybe is this one not for real either? Then you know what I mean? Like AJ wanted it to happen. Or he's already a part of them, and he's who cares? Why do I care? So they, it kind of feels lazy because we just had the Steiner abduction angle, right? But I guess it fits the stereotypical storyline. Um, Alba Fire likes fire. Lots of fire everywhere. Something about <laughs> returning to her heritage, being who she is, et cetera, et cetera. Next week, she's going to ignite something. And I <laughs> something. remember uh, no, it, it was we tried three unfair. times. Yeah, I, I, I remember it thinking was, it was something and I didn't. You said it was rebar. <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounded like. And I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't think that's what she said, but I tried three times and I couldn't pick it up. But <laughs> yeah, anyways. I have no idea. Um, Briggs and Jensen are backstage earlier this week looking at Jensen's hand. Uh, the doctor says it's normally a 10 to 12 week recovery process. But due to the muscles around his hand, um, it'll be shorter. And then he says, why is your right hand stronger than the other? First of all, how does he know that? Did he test the strength of both hands? Yep. When he only hurt one of them? For sure. But anyways, um, so that For was the... comparing comparative research purposes. I guess so. Um, Briggs vows to get revenge on Von Wagner for doing this to his partner. Um, and yeah, so I guess six to eight weeks. I don't know if that's actual or it's just like storyline, but it was more super juvenile jokes, right? Um, every segment on this show is dragging it down as the in-ring work is really good. So, for the most part, uh, main event time, you watched this with me. Joe Gacy taking on Braun Breaker, and you were guaranteeing me Joe Gacy would win, right? Yep, absolutely. <laughs> How could he not? Um, Breaker's really aggressive early on. Gacy has to escape to the floor. Uh, Breaker no-sells being driven into the turnbuckle, but Gacy, Gacy finally takes control um, briefly before being thrown to the floor himself. Breaker gets knocked off the apron and up the ramp a little bit. We get a sliding spin on the apron and then into a clothesline by Gacy. It looked pretty good, I thought. Um, Gacy hangs upside down in the corner, a la Bray Wyatt, right? Like, they're really kind of leaning into it yeah. now. Um, he that... literally did, like, a year nagi after that. Yeah, he did. Like... You're right. I was just like... And it looked good. Like, do better. And then did you notice, I think it was Barrett. So he does the upside down thing in the corner, slightly different from Wyatt because he's hanging from the ropes, right? Um, and then he hits the Uranagi, and I think it was Barrett calls him the master of fear. So they're really like... said the new face of fear. It's just like dollar store Bray Wyatt. Yep. And I didn't like... Great value. I didn't like that version of it. Anyways, we are shown now that there are some druids in the crowd a little bit, sort of spread out. Braun runs the ropes, runs over Gacy several times. Low blow, reverse DDT by Gacy for two. Suicide dive attempt by Gacy's met with the big breaker forearm, followed by a bulldog off the ropes for a two count. Straps are down. Uh, Hurricane Rana by breaker. And then <laughs> you pointed it out. I went back and checked it out. Quote unquote from the commentary, it wasn't perfect, the belly to belly that he hit. <laughs> yeah. It's like he, he picks him up and then it was almost like he gently places him yeah, down. Yeah, like his feet were standing for a second and then he, he dropped him down. Minimal impact for sure. Um, Alabama slam and a sit-out powerbomb by Gacy for two that I thought was a pretty nice sequence. And then base, um, I've heard some speculation like was Gacy hurt because we were surprised by the finish too, right? It was, just, spear. it was just a sudden spear by Breaker. After he kind of ducked Gacy's handspring clothesline, um, Breaker retains after about 11 minutes. And then the two robed figures, we can't see their faces, 
um, are up on the ring apron directly behind Braun. He hasn't noticed them, and the show just ends, right? So. And then they attacked him. I remember seeing that. I was like, oh, then that's going to happen. But then I remember, oh, we got that, footage was after. Post, that was post-show, yeah. So they did attack him? Yep. I mean, it makes sense, right? And that's all it was? We didn't get any reveal or anything? Yep. Just a or, beat down? No, no reveal. Um, I thought this was a good match. I've definitely preferred the opener and the Creed tag match to this, but I think it was a solid main event. And Gacy got to showcase a lot more offensive ability than he has so far. Like, because we've talked about it months ago at this point now, probably. He's he's an independent wrestler. He's an experienced wrestler, right? He's not yeah. a guy that they said, hey, you're an athlete and you look really muscular, so come learn to be a wrestler. He was a wrestler when he got there, so I'm not really surprised that he's capable of a pretty good match. Um, so yeah, he never had a chance to win it, but I thought he did a pretty good job in it. Um, your thoughts on it? Oh, I, uh, uh, bad. You didn't like um, the main event? It was bad? I didn't think it was bad. I didn't think it was um, amazing, but it was Oh, solid. the main event? I yeah. think it went to show. No, not uh, the show. It was, it was okay. And then, so what do you think uh, of the show great. then? You go first. The show, uh, bad. Um, tag match, good. Yeah. Other you didn't stuff, see the opener, bad. to be fair. I did not see the opener. Or the, you... um, segments, very, very bad. Very, very bad. Match, good. Last match, okay. Yeah. Segments, super bad. Women's tag match, fine, expected to be much worse. Uh, yeah, that's true. That at least didn't completely suck, but... Yeah. Uh, so in ring, this show was actually really good, likely because most of the people like that, they, that aren't ready for TV or barely ready were not involved in matches on this show. The only real inexperienced people were kind of in, um, put together in that women's match. Uh, so we weren't getting the four-minute matches between two inexperienced talent. Can you believe it? The, I know, right? It's almost like when you try and put on matches, it can be pretty good. That is crazy. The opening triple threat was probably my match of the night, but closely followed by the Creed's uh, Viking Raiders match. I also enjoyed Waller and Fraser's match for what it was. I didn't really um, love the finish of it. The low in-ring point was the women's tag, like we talked about, but even that was solid considering who was involved and what I was expecting. So then the exact opposite of that is the segments, right? Almost every single one of them was terrible. Pretty deadly were entertaining. I enjoyed anything they were involved in. Toxic attraction segments were laughably bad and juvenile. The Legato Tony D'Angelo segments were really bad as well. That just was really bad. Just not, it was so confusing. Just not anything I'm interested in, right? Then you mix in a little bit of Bri uh, Briggs and Jensen, and I you have a lot of your time wasted on this show, unfortunately. But still, this is going to get one of the best grades ever for NXT 2.0 for me. Um, I, they did a really good job, and I enjoyed most of the matches here. When the match quality is high, it's a lot easier to overlook the other nonsense, right? On a regular week, we get the same dreadful segments, but also meaningless, like, four-minute matches. Uh, and that combination makes the chore this show a chore and painful. But this was not a chore. The matches were really good. So I thought this was a very watchable B-, which does put it a notch ahead of AEW Dynamite this week, which I was not convinced would ever happen. So they delivered a good special episode. It's just too bad that that's what it takes for them to put together a decent show, right? It has to be a special show they're doing or else it's terrible. So I don't know. I, I was going to give up after this episode, but it was good. So I don't know what to do. Maybe one more week. And if it goes back to garbage, then I'll that's just... How you, how you I think what I might settle into is I'll settle in and watch the special episodes and the pay-per-views and that's about it, maybe. Sounds like um, you're like on a substance or something you're just like I, one more week. right just one more just one more and then i'll stop it's not a problem i can stop anytime <laughs> i can stop anytime I'm just not i just want to do one more yeah 
Uh, and then I've got a turbo review of Impact, which this is shocking. You watched some Impact with me today. I did do that. So turbo review, I'm skipping segments and matches that I didn't think were right, significant you're me about that. or worth noting. So here we go. Should be like three, five, three to five minutes. Um, we're told as we get a shot of a door that PCO and Jonah have been locked in separate rooms for 24 hours. Although I swear he said 22. I almost wanted to go back and check because I swear he did. <laughs> I can't imagine that's worth it. It doesn't make sense. But um, with no food or water ahead of their Monsters Which Ball for match. for those don't know, like with the Monsters Ball, that was actually the original stipulation. What I enjoy is that me that has watched TNA and Impact forever completely forgot that detail. And you, being a 14-year-old boy who didn't really watch any Impact ever, knew that detail. Yeah. That doesn't oh, seem right. Because uh, YouTube, my friend. Doesn't, I guess so. Good old YouTube. Mm -hmm. uh, Matt Cardona during his match, or sorry, it was actually Morrissey and Myers' match, but Cardona got powerbombed through a table by Jordan Grace with help from a uh, Morrissey boot that looked good. And then Morrissey powerbombed Myers from the ring through a table on the floor to win that match, which that spot looked pretty cool. We got a good uh, Ace Austin-Rocky Romero match in front of a pretty dead crowd I made a note of. Um, highlights, Rocky nicely countered Austin's springboard kick. That's one of his signatures into a deep single leg crab. Austin ended up winning with the fold, retained the X-Division title, and then Trey Miguel attacked Austin after because we're coming up to some pay-per-view today. Under siege. Tonight, right, I believe? Mm -hmm. um, we then basically, and I, I made you go and watch this, the EGV video. Um, so it's the same one that's been played for, I think this is the third week, possibly. The only difference is the wrestlers' images that are slowly burning are different. It's different people this time. And what did you well, think of it? was the one this time? Because the one I saw was uh, Edwards and Alexander. I think this I might have, was this week. Though. I, think there, I think it was Moose and somebody this week. Does Moose even still exist after he lost? Yes. Uh, honestly, I love these, right? I think the, cool, yeah. The, the music, music sounds perfect, amazing. Yes. They put it in like the format of a trailer with like it a... Seems to compliment them the most, it seems beyond their budget. That's what you said. That was right. your, and I think that's right. And um, so I did a little bit of research, and it turns out, and I think this actually vignette had a date, and it looked like it was July. I think that this person's showing Same up. Anniversary. So within, oh right, that makes sense. So within all of the imagery, you Which sort is of funny see because um a year ago, actually, I'll say it after because it makes more sense. So there's binary code that flashes right. across this, and apparently though it spells out Sammy, which is actually one option for me that wouldn't be disappointing. Because... And it's funny, because remember Slammiversary last year, he yeah. challenged Omega. Right. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, because before he got injured, he was doing a really cool anti-hero thing, because I'm kind of up and down on Callahan. It depends on what gimmick I he's doing. I remember liking him in OVE. Remember when he was just like the, the saliva drooling uh, psychopath? Yes. And he had like the match with Penta. Yes. And that like that that was good. I remember we were there that. for a Mexican death match between right, with Legos and Piana right. Pinatas. So I am actually okay if it is Sammy and it looks like it, it is. So that at the vignettes are just so cool. I actually recommend going to find them. It's EGV, they're like forty to fifty seconds long. Something about just the song and the way they're presented, I, I think they're fantastic. Um Masha Slamovich killed another jobber. She's awesome. She's undefeated so far. All squashes, so I think it's time to like up the stakes a little bit give her some better competition and i told you her snowplow finisher looks nasty like it looks awesome mm. um because you weren't here watching yet i don't think, i was right? not no i i remember seeing a bit of macklin right oh yeah that's when you came down because lunch was ready yeah tasha steels and savannah evans are haunted by decay in what was kind of like a cinematic segment mostly in a hallway full of doors 
I don't know. It looked pretty slick, to be honest, well-produced, but I, I don't know. It was just that spooky stuff that I'm not super into with Decay because, like, they have all these abilities and whatever, but then they never really win anything, so it's kind of right. it's kind of a waste. We get a good back-and-forth promo from Diana Perrazzo and Taya Valkyrie ahead of their match at Rebellion. Just simple, effective storytelling, right? Like, um, so I I'm, think that match should be good. And then, as you said, we got Ishii. He defeated Macklin in what I thought was an entertaining slugfest. Um, a lot of it was Macklin targeting Ishii's back. Ishii won with his um, really nice brain buster. And I love both of these guys. Matthew Raywalt actually suggested Macklin would be a perfect fit to wrestle in New Japan. And that he might be right about that. He would be a good fit, right? I what could see you... him being a solid gaijin. So you saw some of this. What did you think? I think it was solid for what I mean, I don't, I don't think I caught the full thing. And I think it was all right. I mean... Apparently, Ishii, like, he's challenging Alexander, which I think is just kind of odd. He is. So that's the championship match at that pay-per-view. It just seems odd to me. Like, not in a bad way. It just seems really bizarre. It's very sudden, for sure. Uh, we then get the main event, which is the Monsters Ball match between PCO and Jonah. So we see them being released from their rooms, and they're hungry and angry and blah, blah, blah. Lots of standard brawling. We get chairs and trash cans. A few highlights. We got a Frankensteiner to Jonah onto chairs from a 55-year-old PCO, which is pretty crazy. <laughs> right. Um, we get Sledgehammer gets introduced. Um, PCO gets hit with it first. PCO also gets suplexed, like a back suplex through a ladder looked pretty good. He hits his deanimator, like sent on to a Jonah on the apron, right from the top rope. Um, PCO gets thrown onto the back of setup chairs, like the Adam Cole spot kind of thing. He's the second guy I've seen do that now. Um, PCO gets powerbombed onto Tax, because you got to have Tax in this match as well. Then we get the sledgehammer from PCO to Jonah, knocks Jonah off the ropes through a table on the floor. PCO hits his moonsault and eventually wins the match. It had some cool spots. I don't know how you felt about it, but it, like, it was one of those where it's like slow and plodding in between a spot, right? And then we take our time and we set up another spot. And some of the spots were cool, but it's just not my favorite type of match. I think it was like entertaining enough, and both guys obviously worked super hard here. But I mean, I just thought it was good, not great. What about you? For like a um, hardcore match, basically. I think some of the spots were cool, but um, honestly, I was like hardly paying attention. But yeah, you, I, yeah, I think one of my notes was it was not keeping you engaged, really. No, but I think I think it was solid, and especially considering how old PCO is, he's definitely making um Jeff Hardy look bad. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I thought it was overall a pretty solid uh, episode of Impact Wrestling, and the segments were mostly entertaining too and the matches i mean there was a couple good things i, I actually gave it a b minus as well this week i thought it was pretty good um not a thorough review but just sort of turbo through it anyways do you have anything else for any other wrestling business no right? so let's transition into our final segment each week and jack's going to give us i think you said it's brief this week but nonetheless an update from the world of wrestling action figures we call it figuring it out with jack Um, so there's just some new images for stuff that was revealed at Mania 38. So no actual figures, just like the, new images. what they're going to look like? Yeah, no, well, there's, actual, there's oh. pictures of the actual figures. But, gotcha. So there's top picks 2023, I think, because the years are off. I don't even want to get into it. Um, there's <laughs> Cena um, from Mania 25, which is from 2009, so it's an old older Cena. Interesting. Um, it, it's a really, it's like a redo of an old gear, like um, of an old figure, I think Elite, like one of the earliest Elites, so yeah. that's cool, just like different head and like the Dolce & Double, so that's cool. Um, that exists. I'm mm -hmm. oh, sorry, um, the Raymond series is pretty nice, it's from WrestleMania Backlash, WrestleMania Backlash, of course. Gotta, gotta say it. Um, when he won the titles with Dominic, um, so that's cool, it's like a, 
got the gray top bit of blue splashed in and whatnot, a blue mask. I think it's pretty nice. Um, it's solid, but they they never give him open hand, so he can't like hold anything ever. Lame. Um, then there's Ram or Randy Orton with um, like a kind of gold graphics and black trunks is always um the head sculpt's okay. Um, that one's solid, like a pretty basic Randy Orton. The last one was cool because it was white trunks, but. Do you like the white outfits? The white is the best. Right. And then Drew McIntyre, which is a re-release of um, Elite 89. So that is not very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they revealed mock images for the SummerSlam Elites. Yep. So you have Shawn Michaels from 05. Eh, eh, eh. Why? What's that? Take a guess. Is that the from 05, the Oversell match? Yep. Oh, wow. I knew it. You love that um, match. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, the ring gear is nice, though. It's like black and white. So I, I like that. That's pretty nice. Then you also have Rey Mysterio from 05. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to know that? You want to guess? Um, no, that's too late for that. It's not that Guerrero dead by that point because I was going with like the Dominic Mysterio yep. custody. Yep. Oh, nice. Yep. Look at me. Yeah, so he's got that. Off back the top of his head with dad crushing. He's got the black briefcase, and of course, he comes with the severed child Dominic head. Awesome. Because <laughs> the build figure is 2005 custody ladder match. You know what I could do is if I collect this whole series yeah. and set up a ladder match, I could do. I could have Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero in the exact attires from that match because the Eddie Guerrero Lee I have, the Legends Elite, is from the match. Right. So could have the accurate tires and the accurate dominic don't you have they both could be dismembered because wasn't eddie guerrero a build a figure too or no no oh, he, he was wasn't. just a figure but i always find those creepy because you're like buying a figure and getting like an extra the only one limb I've done or torso or was the referee one because that was cool yes. actually yeah that was cool um then there's rainy orton from 04 which is him beating benoit oh nice um before his push was derailed a month later right he comes with a severed child body and the cloth shirt for dominic so. <laughs> torso that's fun a child Severed torso, torso. Mm-hmm. also i failed to mention don or uh, sean michaels comes with child arms nice <laughs> so that's just fun and sensational sherry from insert year here nice oh 92 she was awesome there we go um from and they even say a match between michaels and rick martell so that's cool um and she comes with severed child legs nice <laughs> amazing that's just really funny um that is it that is all all right that is all can you believe it it's official we have done an episode under two hours i feel good about it they said it can be done and that's good because we have a very busy day so uh i guess that's going to wrap it up for us thanks for checking in and anyone that's listened to any amount of us talking about this kind of stuff we really do appreciate it love to hear from anybody contact us if you can our information is listed underneath the episode somewhere um So thanks again for hanging out with us. We'll be back next Saturday for episode 95. I don't think there's anything special in the works outside of that unless I watch Under Siege. We're approaching episode 100. What do we do? I don't know. We'll have to think about it. If anyone wants like Send us ideas. We we need ideas for um, episode 100. So if anyone's like, if you wanted a chance to say something, do this. Do that. Because I'm dumb. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, we'd love to hear any ideas if you have them. We'll be back next Saturday for episode 95. And until then, take care.